Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Freeland here for the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, June the 13th, 2023. Remember, the Front Row Material brand can be found anywhere fine podcasts are made available. And that is Stitcher, that is iTunes, that is Apple, uh, that is FM Player, that is iHeartRadio as well. So once again, if you're enjoying our podcast, remember there's 
plenty of places to find it. And also, you have to know somebody who enjoys wrestling and just some friendly banter. Go ahead and let them know you can find us also on social media, uh, specifically on Twitter. You can find me at the Mike Freeland, and I'm going to introduce my co-host, and he's somebody who kind of keeps things on the straight and narrow as I kind of wander back and forth in my world of ADD. Let me bring him in. It is Christopher Butt. What's going on, brother? This is it, Michael. Another day, another Tuesday, even hanging out with you. Uh, so I was telling you before the show, a little bit of home improvement going on. Furnace going in, getting finished tomorrow, new air conditioner, and a new ceiling in my basement. I'll be doing it on Friday. Look at you. Good times. You're regular Tim the Toolman Taylor, aren't you? Uh, I'm a tool, that's for sure. <laughs> It's gonna, be, but that's good though. I mean, think about it. The air conditioner, summertime. Does it normally get super hot in your yes. part of the country? Absolutely, very humid. Humid. It, okay, it gets gross here. Yes, we'll, we'll get uh, mid thirties, so that's like that'd be high nineties to you, I think. But it's pretty hot. So no snow yet. It's June thirteenth, Mike. I November. Know, I, think, I think of Canada. And I just think of snow. Maybe polar bears walking around. I don't know. I think I go for well. It's gonna scatter when going through downtown Toronto, but you know. Have you ever seen that skit? It's on YouTube. It's about <laughs> a guy asking Americans, he's Canadian, he's asking Americans about Canada. Okay. Oh my God, it's bad. Or or glorious. Depends how you want to look at it. We're we're not that smart of people. We're, we're, we're really not. And, the and... people he interviewed, oh my Lord. It was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they literally thought we all lived in igloos. 100 and then it wasn't a joke. They were dead serious. No, they are. No thought we had snow all the time. I bet you I'm no further north than what you are if you look on the map. Oh, I I yeah, I would probably agree with that. Right? Or if it is, it's not a hell of a lot further north, but it was pretty funny. They were talking about um stopping the polar bear hunt in Toronto. There's no polar bear hunt in Toronto. Toronto's a big city. And people are absolutely can't have that happening. No, the animals need to be let free. <laughs> oh, okay. Would you let a polar bear stroll through Boston? No. Or Chicago? They'd no. be shot in Chicago. Damn, I was just about to say, they, they won't make it in Chicago. I mean, it, They're but, done. But you know, yeah, it was, it's funny. I'm going to try to find it. I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. Well... Last week, we, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the interesting towns that we have here in the United States. Uh, we have Cummings. We have Bone Steel, Beaver City, Bloody Cooter, Sweet Lips, Ball Play. And one of my favorite places is Drywood, Oklahoma. We're going to go into uh, more of these. And if you're listening to us from any areas, such as Spread Eagle, Wisconsin, or Cummings, North Dakota, or Wanker Connors, uh, that's going to be in Oregon, please let us know. And if you're listening in Rough and Ready, California, definitely drop me a message on Twitter. So many things we need to talk about here in the world of wrestling. The big thing that I really want to talk about, first and foremost, to start off the show is Against All Odds. It was Impact Wrestling's most recent pay-per-view. I got to check it out, and I'm telling you, I absolutely Loved it. Uh, have you heard any scuttlebutt from the pay-per-view itself? Were you able to catch any of it? I haven't seen it. However, there was some pretty big news from what I've seen. Uh, new champion. Yes. Uh, that was a shocker. Shocked me. Shocked me, mildly. yes. I did not see that coming, right? That's a big, big deal, right? Is he going to be a transitional champion? I think this is a long-term thing. Uh, what's this mean for Macklin? contract up i don't know it's i i don't know and it's interesting that you bring that up because when we talk about 
you know, transitional champions and whatnot, um, you know they're ultimately going to be hoping that Josh Alexander can come back in a reasonable amount of time. Now, do we know exactly when? We don't. But I really thought Macklin would be the guy. I thought that they were going to keep it on him and have a long-term program with a bunch of different people really building Macklin up. However, with the most recent addition of Nick Aldis, I'm wondering if it's a situation of, hey, Josh went down, Macklin carried it for a while, and now we're just preparing Aldis to be able to take it. Um, not really sure what Impact Wrestling has got to more playing on doing, but, I mean, Alex Shelley's the new champion. It was an incredible match. I'm going to get to that as well. Um, but let's kind of talk about some of the things that happened before. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of the card. Impact Digital Media champion Joe Hendry defeated Dirty Dango, which uh, was known as Fandango uh, in WWE. Hendry's awesome. I'm telling you right now, he's really, really good. If I were to describe him in a way that, that compares him to another wrestler, I would say he's a combination of a Dolph Ziggler, which I have never really given Dolph Ziggler a lot of credit wow. because... A lot of people think he's a knockoff or a dollar store version of Shawn Michaels, but the man sells like a beast. I mean, he can sell. Um, he reminds me a lot of him, uh, but he ended up keeping the championship, and that was on their pre-show. Uh, Frankie Gazarian took on Eddie Edwards in a match they were billing as the leader of the locker room. Now, the big storyline behind this one was both guys had been long-term uh, staples, in Impact Wrestling, even back in the days of TNA, and they were both also trained uh, by Killer Kowalski. So throughout the match, they were also kind of pointing up into the heavens as well, showing respect to Kowalski. I thought it was a great match. Frankie won. Um, I am going to talk about Frankie Kazarian in our next segment as well, because there's some interesting comments that Frankie made about why he made the leap from uh, AEW to Impact Wrestling and exactly what issues he had with AEW. We're going to we're gonna talk about that. Tag Team Championship in Impact Wrestling, the Tag Team Champions, ABC, which is Ace Austin and Chris Bay. They defeated the Good Hands, Jason Hotch and John Schuyler. I tweeted this as well, but I'm telling you, Good Hands, if you have not seen them, please, please, please make sure you watch them. Impact Wrestling has a tremendous tag team division, but the Good Hands, man, they look like the Brain Busters. They're so good. They look like Tully and Arn, I mean, as far as what they do. That's quite the comparison. Tully and Arn are legit. That's, well, I, they're the original left here. Right? This is true. This is true. Right, so that's that's quite the compliment. Dude, I love everything about uh, Jason Hotch and John Schuyler, so... This match was tremendous. And it's funny because when I'm watching the pay-per-view, you know, you, you, you know, I'm taking my notes. You're thinking, okay, what match? What were my expectations of certain matches, right? And did they reach the expectation I had? Or was it subpar? Where did it really fall? It far exceeded. So, I mean, we talk about the Frankie Kazarian-Eddie Edwards match. Far exceeded what I my expectations were. Um, the Digital Impact match. Far exceeded my expectations. The tag match far expect uh reach my expectations but now we end up getting to a really interesting match which we talked about this last week masa slamovich used to be the gcw world heavyweight champion she dropped that title now she's in a dog collar match against killer kelly and they fought all over the arena in the go home episode of impact wrestling before the pay-per-view and a dog collar match between these two competitors if you haven't seen the highlights on youtube i highly recommend you check out the replay of the pay-per-view and watch this dog collar matches are unique you don't see them very often so when there is a dog collar match 
especially with two really talented wrestlers, you definitely should watch it. Masa Slamovich, in my opinion, is so freaking good. Um, and that takes nothing away from Killer Kelly because Kelly is amazing as well. But Masa has that, that weird kind of... Uh, I don't know why I want to compare it to Man Mountain Rock. Man Mountain Rock. You're throwing it down now, I know. I, I know. haven't thought of him in... 30 years. Yeah, it just has that feeling, that grunge type of no-holds-barred, anything-goes type of deal. Um, love, love Masa Slamovich. Love Killer Kelly. They tore it down. Masa comes away with the victory in the dog collar match. This is definitely far from being over um, in a match that, again, but I, I keep sounding like I'm on repeat, but this whole pay-per-view was great. I mean, then you have... Chris Sabin and Trey Miguel, who Trey Miguel's done a lot of things on the indies. Trey Miguel's done some stuff in AAW up in Chicago. Super, super talented. Super, super good. Sees himself as a generational talent. Where have we heard that before? Oh, yeah. I think somebody else does that. Yeah, there's another another guy that claims he's a generational talent. This match was really good. It was the young upcomer versus the veteran lion. And Chris Sabin ends up coming out with the victory. He is the new X Division champion. And it was so cool because, like we teased before, not to give anything away, but Alex Shelley won. Chris Sabin won. It was so cool to see the, the Motor City Machine Guns actually have their moment. Much like the Eddie Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20. You remember when they both won championships and the confetti came down and the two guys who had been really dedicated to the business, really dedicated to WWE, and they finally had their moment both as champions. And this might not have been as prolific as that one was, but it was so cool because the guns have done so many great things for uh, TNA, for Impact Wrestling. I mean, to come back and, and be at the stage of their career where they're at right now, to be mentors in the locker room, but to also, you know, be really, really good at this stage of their career because of the mounting injuries they've had, the travel that's happened, uh, things in their personal lives have come up. So there's so many different things. Uh, but Chris Abman defeats Trey Miguel in a freaking amazing match. Once again, you should check this out. The big match. That we were talking about, the 8-4-1 match. Um, so a lot of people were saying, what exactly was the 8-4-1 match? Well, the 8-4-1 match is basically a four-on-four tag match. Whoever wins, whichever group of four wins, the other four guys are gone, and it's a fatal four-way until there's only one guy left. And great match. I mean, you had Bully Ray, Jonathan Gresham. Um, Nick Aldis, Speedball Mike Bailey, who did really, really well in the best of the Super Juniors this year. Moose, who's a former world champion. PCO, former world champion. Rich Swan, former world champion. Heath Slater, he's got kids. And I like Heath Slater. Don't be like that. I'm just saying he's got kids. Isn't that one of his gimmicks? It is his gimmick, yes. Um, great, great match. But once again, not to say things seemed a little predictable, but when you see Nick Aldis signs with impact that's a big deal like nick aldis coming to impact is like cody coming back to wwe in my opinion he's that much of an influential personality and character that eyeballs are gonna draw well aldis was well rumored to be chased by everybody when he his was came up correct right? i mean so people want to see him, and he's everything you want, right? So 
But you know, I mean, if he's going into that title or into that match, it's like a 95% chance he's coming out with it. Sure things could, well, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Sure things could happen that surprise you, but generally speaking, you know who's walking away with the win at that. I think it was really cool because it was such a, a loaded match. And there were so many people in there that you're like, well, they're all former world champions in one fashion or another. So anyone could win. But then you start looking down the list. Is it going to be Bully Ray? Well, Bully Ray had a backstage segment where he kind of teased. Maybe there might be something if Nick Aldis does win. So that means they could have a feud going there. Jonathan Gresham. I don't really know what their direction with Gresham is. Um I, and I hate to say this because this sounds so terrible to say, but he is, he's dwarfed by everyone else. And that's just the nicest way to say it. It's well, he, not his he's, fault. He's, he's vertically challenged. Yeah, but he's so good. But I mean, when you, when uh, Nick Aldis, like he, he makes him look like he's a four-year-old. Well, like, it, but Aldis is a unit though. Like that, he, how tall is he? Six, four, six, he, five, probably. Nick Aldis is a tall a, man. Yeah, Nick Aldis. Let me let me see if I can get his exact height. He is a very tall man, yes, but it's just like holy crap. Like when you look at you look at the comparison, you're like holy crap, man. But you want to know what makes makes it look worse is no, he's six four, freakishly tall. Grisham is fairly short. Yes, but Grisham is as wide as he is tall. Oh, he makes is. him look even shorter. Yes, he's like a, like a cigarette machine. People don't know what that is anymore. Sure they do. Where? Where? Who who knows what a cigarette machine is anymore? You, know you gotta pull this out and you gotta turn it. Yeah. yeah. I know what one is. You know where one is right now. No, I don't know where oh, I'm sure I could find one. I know what one is though. Oh so what, what, I don't what? think they're legal to have in stores it's not real tall. Compared to someone who's six four, uh it's a foot difference. And when I and a foot difference is a big deal. And and they may be even downplaying how tall Nick Aldis is. I mean, I he's I think he's six five. If not six six, he's, he's a tall he's boy. Big dude. He's a tall drink of water. Um, no, great match there. So happy that uh, the fans, though, the fans got to see great matches. I mean, this whole thing was freaking amazing. So, congratulations to Nick Aldis. He wins the eight four one match. Um, and then obviously we know right now going into Slam Reversary, it's going to be Trinity versus Diana Peraza for the Impact Wrestling Female Championship, uh, Women's Championship, Knockout Championship, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, that's already set. I was a little critical uh, last few weeks when I was talking about, you know, when the difference between Sasha and, and Trinity. And, you know, Sasha's definitely more of the, the, more of the mainstream name. Mm -hmm. and, and she is. And I, I don't think I gave Trinity enough credit. Trinity can tear it down. And I... I, I Really feel like I, I should be eating some crow here, but she has had some great matches, and this tag team match, she was great, but the match itself wasn't that great. Um, I feel like the problem is Giselle Shaw being a heel. I don't think Savannah Evans is quite ready for prime time, if you know what I mean. She's kind of like, she's the heavy of the group, and I don't mean weight. I mean, she's the the bad guy. She's the, like the bodyguard type of deal. I just don't feel like... The muscle. The muscle, right. I just don't feel like she... When, when you see Giselle, and you see Diana and you see Trinity, they flow with all their moves. She's just not quite there yet. Not to say she can't, because she probably will, 
But once again, the, these well, other women are just it's just ba boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba boom. One goes to here, one goes to, and I mean, it's just like it was great. Trinity was like that not that long ago. She was a little green, unpolished. However you want to look at it, yeah, she's she's improved significantly in her time away. I give her credit. She has. I mean, she has definitely applied herself and worked on her craft because she's significantly better. So, obviously, in that match, Deanna Parazza and Trinity win. Uh wasn't a very long match. Um, and then we go to OVE, which is Sammy Callahan and Jake Christ, who actually just reformed and met up again. They go ahead and team up with Madman Fulton, and they defeat the design, which was Diener, Khan, and Alan Angels. Um, OVE, Ohio versus everyone, which I thought was really, really cool, or Ohio versus everybody, depending on how you look on it. He is a byproduct of Ohio. Um, I thought it was a great match. I think Sammy Callahan is really good at what he does when it comes to storytelling. Like I think a lot of people get caught up and they watch him wrestle and they think he's just this madman that just kind of does things recklessly, but not really the case. Um, there was a recent um, interview that he did with Rich Swan, and they were talking about how they were like their best friends. They met on their first indie show together and everything. And he, Rich was saying how good of a storyteller that Sammy Callahan is. And I, I believe it in this match shows it. Um, and then finally, as we said earlier on, Alex Shelley defeats Steve Macklin to become the Impact World Heavyweight Champion in a phenomenal match. Um, I know Dave Meltzer doesn't always give high-ranking matches to people that's in Impact Wrestling. I don't know how often he's given them out, but you could easily say, okay, the the tag match, I think that could easily be close to five stars. I think the dog collar match could be at least a a four-and-a-half-star match. I feel like the 8-4-1 match was super good, but the World Heavyweight Championship match was really, really good. And here we are. Where do we go from here? Alex Shelley is your is your guy. Now, as the butt said, is this going to be a transition right now? What's going to happen with Slammiversary? You have to think. Slammiversary now is going to be Alex Shelley versus Nick Aldis. Was it just to get the belt off of one guy to give it to the next guy, and Shelley's just the middleman? Um because you got to figure they're not going to have Aldis lose at, at Slammiversary. You wouldn't think so, but like when Slammiversary? It's uh, let me get like a month here. or so, a month and a half? I uh, believe it is. So you don't have a long time to build something. You don't. If, if you're going to take the belt off of um, Alex Shelley. Right? So, uh, how July you 15th. Flip? When? July 15th. You got one month. So you got a month. You got four shows. That's pretty quick. It can be done, but that's pretty quick. That's pretty fast. You gotta think, Slammiversary, that's, that's their big show, is it not? It is. It's like their WrestleMania, correct. Yeah, so because you don't want to rush it and have it be eh, you know what I mean? Like, kind Black of luster. irrelevant. You, you, you have to have a story to it. Yes. There has to be something. So they gotta do something this week like, quick. But how do you do it? How do you transition that? So Very is simple. it just gonna be just your simple old school, all this is going to come out. Listen, I just beat seven other men, da, 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 and I demand a title shot. It could. Make sense. It'll work. But is Alex Shelley going to be the heel scumbag in it and, you know, do something underhanded, play that for a bit, and then have your blow-off 
uh, excuse me, at Slammiversary, you could. That's fast, though. Uh, that That's my only concern. Four weeks is not a long time, man. You've got four television shows, so you're going to have to plant the seed either the first week and then just start teasing it, and then you can only tease it for a while, and then you have the go-home show, so it's it's going to be interesting. Um, Pretty quick, but it's going to happen. Oh, absolutely, it's going to happen. I mean, I, I think it's going to be... I think if anyone thinks that Alex Shelley is going to be the champion after Slammiversary, I think you're fooling yourself. And in some ways, tell me if you, you agree with this. I think this was a thank you to Alex Shelley. Same thank you. Yeah. And with Chris Saban. Yeah. For, for their dedication. What do you think? hundred percent. That's exactly what it's going to be. Both are true blue company men. Yep. Give them their shining moment. And, yeah. uh, Give them their championships. Yes. You know, make them a big deal for, even if it's just for a bit, but make them a big deal. They, There's no way they haven't been tag team champions and impact umpteen times together. I couldn't tell you how many, but my God, it's got to be several. Yeah. Like five, six title reigns, I would imagine. They're, they've been a staple, right? So, you know, and then, you know, they've wrestled in other places together. So, I mean, they've collected a ton of belts. At this point, championships, but this gives them the the big rub of for singles champions now. Absolutely, it's absolutely, it's it's a thank you. Random you know, question though, if you don't yeah. mind, Mike. Not How come they never went to WWE, or did they? And I just don't know it. No, I don't know. I I don't know the reason for that. I could probably find out. Um, I'm sure there were feelers that were out there. I just wonder if think about it from this perspective. So you had Wildcat Chris Harris, right? Huge star in TNA. And and I'll get to where I mean how I'm drawing the parallels. Making really, really good money in TNA. He jumps over and becomes Braden Walker over on WWE TV, which was when they were launching um the new ECW brand. It didn't really pan out. I feel like in a lot of ways, if you're not someone who's gone through their farm system or NXT or to some degree of that, I feel like sometimes outsiders can get lost in the shuffle. And I feel like they may have said to themselves, I know a lot of friends who've been there. I know what I know I've got here, but I don't know what I could have over there. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener, if that makes sense. Well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Just, I mean, back in their prime, the Motor City Machine Guns were red hot. They were very good. They had some matches with Voodoo Kin Mafia, which was uh, Billy Gunn in um, Road Dog. Road Dog, yeah. So we were speaking before about, we were teasing in, in this segment about uh, an Impact Wrestling star who was a former AEW star and why he left AEW to go to Impact Wrestling. Now, let me ask you this, Frankie Kazarian. When I say the name Frankie Kazarian, what comes to mind when I say that, bud? He's amazing. Veteran, been around a long time. He's amazing. Long time. Married to Tracy Brooks. Very pretty lady from Toronto. Canada puts out some damn fine-looking human beings. You didn't get fortunate enough to have one as your co-host, though. You got stuck with me. Sorry, Mike. You're There's terrible. a reason I grew a beard. You can see uh, less on my face. Oh it makes me look God. better. Um, but Frankie, yeah, I mean, he was a, a long time TNA guy. He has been a veteran of many locker rooms and he was 
one of the originals when it came to the formation of AEW. So he was an original to the company in AEW. Now, this past January, he actually ended up going back to Impact Wrestling, even though he was still under contract with AEW for a couple of more years. So he still had a couple of years left on his contract. However, he sat down, had a conversation with Tony Khan, said, hey, listen, it doesn't look like things are, are working out for me right now. I know Tony Khan did want to keep him, uh, obviously, because they have the collision starting back up again. So they're going to want some bodies. Uh, but Kaz recently appeared on the Kurt Angle show, and he was talking about what exactly happened. And he recalled some of the early conversations he had with Cody Rhodes, who was the EVP along with the Young Bucks, Adam Page, uh, Kenny Omega, I should say. And he said, you know what? We were really here before AEW was even a thought. And Christopher Daniels is head of talent relations, so they all have a very strong relationship with each other from back in TNA because the Young Bucks uh, were in TNA, which some people may or may not know. Okay. And Kaz and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe. And so Kaz would go on to say in a quote, I had two years left on my contract and I made the decision to leave. I probably could have been there much longer. I did resign in 2021 and in hindsight, I probably should not have resigned with AEW. Um, the situation was the company just wasn't what I thought it was going to be anymore. I was actually a part of AEW before we even had initials attached to the company. It was just us sitting in hotel rooms. Cody, the Bucks, uh, Paige, Sky, Christopher Daniels, myself. And we were all committed to making this new company work. Now, Kaz continued to talk about the AEW product and its business model. This is his quote. It just became apparent to me that what I like and the way I appreciate the way pro wrestling is presented is just not happening in AEW. Now, that's not an indictment on them. It's just of what I perceive to be as good wrestling television. What they see and what I see are two different things. And their business model, again, I don't see eye to eye with that either. He also believes he wasn't being utilized in AEW as much as he would like to have been. So he ends the interview with saying, I bet on myself and I made the decision to walk away. And I'm very thankful I did. It feels like the best decision I have made. So uh, Frankie's gone. Um, you and I talked recently also about what was going on with Scorpio Sky, right? And you had asked me, I don't know if you asked me on the show or... You were texting me or we had some kind of conversation and you said, what's going on with Scorpio Sky? Like, why don't I see him? Is he injured or what's going on? Uh, he had some injuries, but he just wasn't being utilized. And I think there's a lot of people that felt that same way that Kaz feels. And I think Tony said, look, we're either going to have people start leaving or we're going to have to start, you know, really showing these people and accenting them on television because when you look at Dynamite and you look at Rampage, Dynamite was was the show where all the main stars were, right? There was only five or six people they would really headline on Dynamite. Would you agree? Five, six, seven people. 100%. I, I like where you're going already, Mike. Rampage was, okay, well, let's, let's throw in these other guys. And that was fine until the Dynamite guys started to bleed into Rampage. And then the Rampage guys were like, wait a minute, I thought this whole concept was supposed to be, you know, highlighting some of the newer guys, pushing the newer talent. And a lot of people started to get the feeling that 
AEW was just always eager to sign the next WWE release. E, And then I think Tony started to realize like, hey, if we're going to move into the future and we don't want to have disgruntled people, we're going to have to showcase these people more. And then they decided to go with Collision. But, you know, what's that phrase they say? Uh, something about uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions or something to that nature. I feel like we're kind of in that situation here because you're saying Punk is now going to be that star of that show. And that's bothersome because there's other people who are very talented. And I feel like a lot of people, if they don't feel like they're being committed to or they feel like they're not being valued. There's a lot of Kazes in that locker room, I bet. Um, what's your take on this whole thing? I mean, I bet there's a lot of people who feel the same way Kaz feels. Probably. Uh, conversation we've had umpteen times. Roster is huge, bloated. A lot of people are not getting any TV time. So what the hell's the point of being there? You know, especially if you're a new, for a newer talent, you know, you're, You've been on the indie scene, so I mean, if you get the AEW, you've generally been a bit of a big deal on the indie scene, or you're a reject from WWE because they scoop all them up. But I mean, if you've been an indie darling, we'll say, and you know, you're used to traveling around and you're doing shows here, you're doing shows there, you sign with AEW, you think you finally made your break. Oh, yeah, we don't have your room for you. Like, you're under contract to us, but you know, did they just scoop them all up so? WWE doesn't get them. Well, wasn't that the same thing people were chiding WWE for doing at one point in time? Mm-hmm. And they did. That's a fact they did it, but at least WWE used them. Might not have used them well, but they used them. Impact has, I don't know, I'd be afraid to know how big their roster is. It's huge, but you only see predominantly, what, eight, ten? Maybe. Right? Because you know you don't get. Blackpool Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation. That's going to happen for sure. Mm-hmm. The Elite, you're going to get that. Like, even the Acclaim is not getting pushed like they were, and they were red hot. What the hell happened? Right? I think what they decided to do with the Acclaimed is, and I've, we, I've started to see this more and more, they're really working Billy into the equation and making them more of a trios. But my question would be, with your trios division, do you think the trios division is even solid in AEW? Not really. I, I don't feel like it really is. I feel like the trios titles were made because Kenny and the Bucks obviously had them in New Japan. And it was something that Kenny wanted to bring over here to the United States. But I don't think the division was well thought out enough. And you're starting to see like just hodgepodges of people put together. And it, yeah. they're, they're not really a faction, not really a trio, if you will. They're three guys taking on three other guys. And if you don't have a solid division, you're going to turn into WWE's women's division, which is a disaster, their tag team division. Um, but to stay on track here, yeah, the, the, the roster was so big, and I think they decided, you know what, we're going to have to expand a little bit more. But expand and invest in the future. That's what wrestling is about. Looking to the future. I mean, if they want to have Punk be the face of Collision, okay. I'll drink that Kool-Aid. I don't agree with it, but fair enough. Because he will bring you recognition. 
he, he, has that he will give you the main value. But you still got to make sure you can't have it be him and FTR and your same bigger names. You got to develop us to the younger talent. Yeah. But not necessarily just younger, like uh, undiscovered. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But no, the thing is, right. you can't just do that on collision. Yeah. Dynamite's got to do it. Yep. Rampage has got to do it. It has to be a concerted effort mm-hmm. across the board to be you dedicated to these to, guys. Because if not, you just end up with your same handful. And I love AEW. You know that. Mm-hmm. Watch it every Wednesday night. It's almost, you don't even need to tune in. To know, no, you know what's okay, going to happen. These are the, this is the talent that's going to be on there. You're probably damn close to being right. You know, I mean, because they should, they could be pushing somebody like um Big Cass. Oh my God, why they're not? Why AEW right. doesn't have a big monster heel is somebody, beyond me. Why is Powerhouse Hobbs not being pushed? He was given the title yeah. for a cup of coffee, and that was it. Wardlow. Once again, we're we're kicking a dead horse here. We've had this conversation numerous times on air and, and in personal time. Wardlow gone shit. Yep. Right. You know, I don't know. Luchasaurus. I think he could be used a little bit better. I'm a bit of a fan of Luchasaurus. You could do something with him. Big man, good shape, moves well. Why don't you do something with him? Yeah, the dinosaur thing. It's a bit fooey, but not the worst thing in the world. I'm going to pause you there for a second. On the Luchasaurus thing, they need to do something where he loses the mask. They they need to do that. They really need to do that because the dinosaur thing is, yes. It was one thing he was with Jungle Boy. And even then, it was still kind of hokey, but okay. It's hard to be a bad dinosaur. Well, you had Barney. He's a good dinosaur. And I mean, who else Who else is a dinosaur that's really good? Uh, there's a storybook. The Good Dinosaur that was a, like a Pixar show. But first of all, when did dinosaurs rule the jungle? And, and what was it, the Flintstones? I just... Uh... Yeah. So you get where I'm going with this? Yep. But you could do something with Luchasaurus. And he's still fairly young. He is. Right? I mean, he's what, maybe late 20s? At the most uh, early 30s. Let's see here. Right, so you could do something with him. Uh, another guy that hasn't been around, uh, and we'll probably get to it a little bit more later if we have time, is Lance Archer. Now, he's he's a little bit older, but you know he's a guy that you could do something with. You know, battled some injuries, New Japan, so on and so forth, but that's somebody you could do something with. I don't know. You have other options than just your same handful of talent. Right? And now they're going to have, what, five hours of TV? Yeah, so it's going to be two hours, but the thing is, it's two hours live every Saturday night. It's not going to be taped. Yeah, so you've got five hours of TV, well, you know, give or take yeah. commercials and all that stuff. Right. But still, that's a lot of time. Mm hmm. But if it's going to be, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, The Elite, you know, Jericho Appreciation, House of Black, FTR, CM Punk, Jade Cargill, um, Tony Storm and Soraya, their faction whose name's escaping me right now. 
Dennis, well, are you going to get me to tune in? Probably not. Because it's no. the same that I watched Wednesday night. We don't get Rampage here in Canada, so I don't know anything about that. But you, you got to develop. and Because at a certain point, Jericho is not a young man. No. Christian, not young. No. Rick Mox. No. Brian Danielson. None of these guys are young. You have to think, by the time we hit 2025, okay, it's less than two years away, how many of these guys are still going to be wrestling? Some of them may. Some of them may not. Um, I think, once again, if you don't build up a roster that is based in young, upcoming talent, you're, you're going to struggle. So let's compare that to impact now grant alex shelley and chris saban have been around for forever and a day so they're not what i would call the best example right but abc i think is great i think the coven is a great uh, women's tag team but look at the other people they have on here they have uh, aiden prince um they have uh alan angels who i think is really really good um I'm trying to think. Obviously, Chris Bay they have. They have Crazy Steve. Let's see. Who else do they have? Let me think here. My um, oh, my God. I'm just trying to think of some of the mo- not more well-named guys. Uh, Jason Hotch, obviously, from The Good Hands. Uh, Joe Doring. Joe Hendry. I think those guys are really, really good. Um, John Schuyler's really good. Kenny King, eh, he's been around for a while, but he's still really good. Kushida is really good. The Laredo Kid is really good. So I think what they have in Impact Wrestling, they're going to, they're, this is what Impact Wrestling is going to do. You got the veterans as well as the Mickey James and the PCOs and the Nick Aldises. And, um, let me think here the Jonathan Greshams, the Johnny Swingers, right? The Heath oh, Slaters, right. the Rhinos, the Kazes, the Gail Kims. You have those. I personally think if you're Impact Wrestling, you know who you're really going to focus on? And, and I mean this with all sincerity Masa, um, Speedball Mike Bailey. I think that's going to be a big one. Um, I think Rosemary. I think Rich Swan is going to be a good idea to continue to build up on. Um, I think Savannah Evans has things that she definitely can improve upon. Uh, Sheldon John is really good as well. Shogun is good as well. So there's a lot of guys that I think um, the design, I think they're going to be around for a while. But AEW needs to do this. AEW needs to realize that. Not all these people are going to be around. You can't build your division around a Mickey James anymore. You can't build your division around a Heath Slater or a Rhino for tag team champions. You just can't do it anymore. You're going to have to start building other stars. And stop scooping up everybody WWE, let's go, or the contract expires or whatever. Stop it. Just fucking stop it now. Enough. We've been down this road. It doesn't help. It really doesn't. Develop somebody. Right? That's what you need. Every organization needs it. Not just wrestling organizations. Every sports team needs it. Every business needs it. You can't just keep scooping up people. You, you, know, you need to bring in at the bottom and, and bring people up. It has to happen. Homegrown talent. Not, not just throwing cash out at everybody. Well, 
when it comes to the longevity of any company, it's the company that can see the future and know what direction that they want to go in. Because if they don't, then they're going to be in a very difficult situation. You can't live off of past accolades. It just doesn't work that way. It might be something that might get people in, but it's not going to be something that's going to keep people around. Let's talk about the NWA. Maddie Renkowski, phenomenal female wrestler. Love her a lot. I think she's going to be one of the top female stars that you see uh, in wrestling from years to come now. I would be shocked if like WWE did not want to somehow pick her up. I think she's doing great things um, over in the NWA. Uh, let me think who else is in NWA. Well, Camille, I think she's really, really good. I think she does a great job as well. I think she's a big, big deal. But when it comes to some of these companies, do you ever get the feeling that unless they have some of these bigger names to get people in the door – People aren't going to just to come to see the younger people. There has to be something to bring them in. Oh, absolutely. You, you need to have the, the name recognition. You have to. Because if you have a card with lesser-known talent, eh, are you going to go on a Saturday night? Maybe, maybe not. Right? If it's a local indie show. But if you're somebody like NWA, they're... They're a step above an indie show. Not a, not a huge step, but they are a step above. But they want to try to be relevant. Right. But are you going to go if you're... So they're having one in Cincinnati this weekend, say, hypothetically. And you look at it like, I don't know one person on this card. And you're a wrestling guy. You're know, a wrestling journalist. And you're like, uh... You're going to think twice about it. Now, if they have somebody whose name you know, or even if they are past or prime, but they still had that name value, now you'll go. And now a ticket to that event, as opposed to being $20, is $30. So NWA just made that a little bit extra, right? Because I mean, I would pay 30 bucks to go see a show, 40 bucks, 50 bucks to go see a show for somebody under I want to see. Just one. Oh, yeah. I've done that before, right? So I don't have an issue with that. And it, the, the company's made more money now, right? So you, because you got more seats in, more butts in seats, and you got to charge a couple extra bucks for the seats. You, you need to have that. You just can't build everything. That can't be the end all be all. Yeah. You can you can use that name, you know, garner some attention, you know, make them your champion, but they can't be what carries your organization for the long term. Probably how long won't work? How long do you think, just from you watching wrestling, does it take from someone debuting for someone to if they are gonna catch on to really how far do you have to push somebody before you invest in them before you officially say, okay, this is this person's not getting over. What, what time frame do you think that, that a, a wrestler should be given? To where you're just kind of waping your hands of pushing them as a Absolutely. number one talent? Yeah. You got to go at least six months. I was going to say at least six months, probably a year. You, you have to do that. Because not everybody gets over right off the get-go. 
and some people get over without even trying. Yeah. It's just because you know, if maybe they're talented, but their gimmick is the shits. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not their fault. That's your fault. So you can't be like, oh, well, that gimmick didn't work. He didn't get over. His gimmick sucks. So he's useless or she's useless. Well, no, no. That's your responsibility to take care of stuff like that. You're the booker. You're a creative, whatever it would be. You dropped the ball. They didn't. They came in. They put out matches. They just had a really crappy gimmick that you gave them. Keep in mind, 99% of what happens happens behind the curtain. The character they give them, the gimmick, you know, the, the attire they give them, uh, how they position them on the card, if they're giving them enough TV time, if you know they're giving them enough promo time to try to get themselves over. A wrestler can be great, but if they're not given the opportunity to showcase their talents, then it's all for naught. And I feel like some of these talent... Now, honestly, on the flip side... There's a lot of people nowadays who are climbing through the ranks and they've only been in pro wrestling for a couple of years, a cup of coffee, and they think they deserve more and they haven't really truly paid their dues. And to that, I also say, you know, don't get too big for your britches too soon because that also does not make you look good. No, but that's, that's society today. That's just kind of the way that works now, whether we like it or not. Us dinosaurs might need to come to grips with that. That's just the way it is. Well, no, yeah. I want to be the big star, and that's it. You can't tell me no. It hurts my feelings. And then you got to suck it up and deal with it. I think it's it's a shame because if you if you compare pro wrestling to like, and I've done a lot of stage plays, right? Really? Oh God, yes, yeah, a lot. Huh. Um. Not everybody can be the beast and beauty of the beast, right? Not everyone can be guest on, right? You know, not every girl who's in the show can be Belle. But if you just had those three people, would you truly have a story? Would you truly have the the ambiance of all of that? No, you wouldn't. Um, I did a stage play of Aladdin. Little quick story, and. Uh, were you familiar? Are you familiar with the cartoon version? Uh, I've seen it. Yes. Okay. So next time you decide to watch it, or whoever's listening to this, and you decide to watch it, so when the show the 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 movie starts, there's a guy who is there, and he's like, "Come close. I want to tell you a story about the magic lamp." And he he kind of goes into that whole shtick and. You know, then he pops up his little stand. He goes, "I'd like to sell you some things, right?" Look at this. It's a hookah. It's a coffee maker. Also make julienne fries. Will not break. Oh, it broke. Enough of that. Let me tell you more. I was that guy. I opened the show. And then I was kind of like kind of lurking with the other bad guys with Jafar. And the point is everyone has a role to play. Yep. Everyone has a role. And at the end of the day, if you have a really strong world champion who's bringing people through the door and you're working for a hot company, guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up making more money. And at some point in time, if we've seen this before and we hate to see this happen, Josh Alexander goes down. Steve Macklin gets a shot. You know what? Somebody goes down. Becky Lynch got the shot. She became the man. That's all she needed. 
just needed a oh, chance. Just time. Yeah, no, that's all it is. A lot of times it's just you just need a chance, great opportunity, and somebody can do a lot of really good things. It's happened more than once, right? It's just bide your time. When you get your chance, try to take the ball and run with it. Run Something with it, good's man. probably going to happen. I would agree. Or at least agree. don't be poopy fans if you don't put your way. Very true. Uh, let's stick on the topic of AEW right now. You have an interesting story about uh, a coach that is no longer with the company. Yeah, we hate to have these conversations, but BJ Whitmer uh, got arrested. Uh, domestic violence apparently strangled his, his spouse. They had a bit of a going on. He choked her. Uh, AEW got rid of him. Good. Uh, there's no place in society for that. No. Uh, I, I don't know. They haven't, as as of now, they haven't released all the details of it on any of the reports I've seen. But I don't really care. You cannot strangle your spouse. Yeah. Period. Listen, we've all been in relationships where you get into arguments. It's part of a relationship. No strangling. You cannot do that. You cannot hit people. You cannot kick people. You cannot strangle them, threaten them, run them over with cars, or anything else. That's our moment for this week to say, BJ Whitmer, don't be a scumbag. Don't be a scumbag. No, I agree. Strangling your spouse makes you a scumbag. I don't Uh, know if he's got some issues going on. If he does, I hope he gets the help he needs. But it's irrelevant. You still can't do that. Don't don't do that. Uh, WrestleZone, Anthony Nash uh, was reporting all wrestling producer BJ Whitmer has been fired from the company after he was arrested last week on charges of domestic violence. Whitmer was arrested on the evening of June the 4th from the Boone County Sheriff's Department in Boone County, Kentucky. Actually, stone threw away from where I'm at right now. Now, according to the records, Whitmer was charged with strangulation in the first degree and burglary of the second degree. A bond of $25,000 was set. Whitmer was released on June the 12th of 2023. And a statement issued to Fightful All Elite Wrestling confirmed that Whitmer has been terminated following his arrest and the company has reached out to offer support for those who may be affected by his behavior. BJ Whitmer has been terminated following his arrest on domestic violence charges, an AEW statement release said. While talent and staff are ultimately responsible for their own personal actions, this behavior is intolerable within AEW. Uh, AEW has reached out to others to support them on uh, such behaviors to try to reach out and help them. So it's going to be interesting, but I actually crossed paths with BJ Whitmer. So B.J. Whitmer is a product of Les Thatcher. Not sure how many of you guys are familiar with Les Thatcher. Les Thatcher ran Heartland Wrestling Association, which was here in Cincinnati. When I was in high school, I worked with HWA and Les Thatcher. I also worked with his business associate, Lou Thompson. There's a lot of different things I did with that promotion when I was in high school. I even promoted a show with them. Um, But anyway... Whitmer was trained by Les Thatcher. He debuted uh, on January 23rd of 2000 in, once again, uh, his Ohio-based school, Heartland Wrestling Association. He feuded with Iceman Tony um, before becoming a tag team with Jamie Noble in 2002. Interestingly enough, also, uh, HWA was the feeder school uh, to WWE at one point in time as well, before they actually had their relationship with OVW. 
So, but Whitmer had bounced around for many years in many different promotions, such as um, Mid South Wrestling as well. Um, he actually defeated Petey Williams for a heavyweight championship as well. He had many great feuds, uh, spent some time in TNA, Ring of Honor, you name it, he did it. Uh, he actually teamed up and was feuding with Jimmy Jacobs, who actually now is the one of the uh, announcers in Impact Wrestling. From 2008 to 2012, he's on the independent circuit. Then he jumped back with Ring of Honor, and then he jumped back into AEW when it started. He was there from day one until his recent arrest. Uh, he is 45 years old, and he hails from Owensboro, Kentucky again, just a stone's throw away from where I'm sitting right now. So, You, you never want to hear stuff like that, whether they're a professional wrestler or the guy at 7-Eleven. It's, it's irrelevant. But there's no place in the world for that behavior. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You just can't. Do better. Seriously, people, do better. Yeah. It's just not, just can't be done. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I think it's, uh, <laughs> wrestlers are unique people. I'm going to be honest with you. They're, they're unique people. Um, what industry has it where, you know, you're out there, you're wrestling, you spend most of your day making sure you eat right and you train and you exercise and you do all these different things and you're traveling all the time. I mean, it's not a normal lifestyle. It just isn't. No. Injuries are way more prevalent. Unfortunately, with injuries comes trying to deal with injuries, um, frustration, home life being difficult. I'm sure all of that stuff, you know, comes into play and. I'm not saying all of that was attributing to what he did, but I'm just saying it's not a normal lifestyle. And I hope uh, that his spouse is okay. And I hope that he gets help because he definitely needs it. Well, that's the first thing is how's, how's his spouse do? Listen, I don't, and he brought this shit up on himself. He did. But plain and simple. Is that, is she in a bad way? Did he like, jack her up bad to where she's really hurt? Who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. But that's the person you, the concern should be for. Really. You know I mean? She got, she got attacked by a really large man. Very much so. You know, professional athlete. Professional yeah. wrestler. Former professional wrestler. But still. You know? And I don't know. That's that's the one that you need to to have the the feelings for, we'll say. There's no, she's the victim. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, um, I wasn't sure if you got a chance to uh, check out any of Raw last night. No. Very no. interesting, very interesting uh, episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, Money in the Bank is going to be coming up. It's going to be coming up on July first. Um, so they got a pretty busy schedule between now and by the time that comes around. So Cody Rhodes, The Miz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Imperium uh, were all featured on Monday Night Raw. They open up the segment with uh, Cody Rhodes and The Miz. Uh, so originally Adam Pearce comes out welcoming Rhea Ripley to the ring to give her a new championship belt. Uh, it looks, you know, I don't know if you've saw it before in pictures on Twitter. It looks just like Seth Rollins, but it's got a white strap. Um, Dominic came out to join her before he could do anything. Cody Rhodes came out 
he and Dom traded some puns for one another. Uh, the heats and the insults kept going back and forth. Then the Miz shows up. He attacks Cody, the American Nightmare, and he ended up uh, battling it out. So the match between the Miz and Cody Rhodes gets underway. The Miz has become one of those guys that really ends up putting more guys over than he ends up getting wins. Needless to say, it was a good match to kick off Monday Night Raw. Um, it gets a B from Bleacher Report. Uh, we then had a match with Becky Lynch and Chelsea Green. Uh, Becky Lynch came to the ring to deliver a promo about wanting to get her title back. Uh, she wants to win the women's money in the bank and get more power and more prestige that she feels like she deserves. Zoe Starks ended up showing up and she dished out some really good insults. They're really starting to build Zoe Stark up uh, from her time in NXT. I wonder if it's too much too soon, but we'll see. Uh, before Zoe and uh, Becky end up getting into it, Chelsea Green comes out. So does Sonya Deville. More trash talking goes back and forth. And uh, they end up having a match with one another. And uh, Becky Lynch ends up winning. This match was not exactly what I had hoped it would be. Um, so Becky Lynch ends up winning the match against Chelsea Green. I'm not sure how much I like Chelsea Green as she's been de uh, depicted so far in WWE. I think, I think they're having an issue with the depth of their women's roster, and they're trying to make it a little bit more diverse. But I'm wondering what they're going to do. But Becky Lynch ends up getting the win. She gets more momentum. She's qualifying for the Money in the Bank uh, women's ladder match. We have the returning Matt Riddle is taking on Damian Priest. Before coming out for the men's Money in the Bank qualifying match, Damian Priest told the rest of the Judgment Day to let him do this on his own. Uh, Finn Balor didn't seem to like the comments very much. Now, both Priest and Riddle are really good on striking and kicks. Uh, they did a lot of forearm shots, a lot of elbow shots to one another, and Damian, Pre <laughs> Damian Priest ends up beating Matt Riddle uh, pre Priest ends up uh, going up the aisle and celebrating out in the crowd. He ends up winning in that match. Ricochet takes on Bronson Reed, which I thought was a good match. Um, unfortunately, there really wasn't anything decided in this one. Uh, Bronson Reed ends up winning by DQ. Um, Raquel Rodriguez took on Shayna Baszler in a match. Shayna wins. Obviously, she's one half the tag team champions. The match itself was okay. Uh, Chad Gable was taken on Eric in a match and, uh, that was not, it did not go quite well at all. It was nice to see Chad Gable, uh, in a match and it was great to see him getting a chance to win, but WWE really didn't put a whole lot into this match. And you could tell Bleacher Report actually gave this match a D plus the highlight of Monday night raw was the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens versus Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, um, back and forth. It was really, really interesting. I thought it was good. And uh, at the end of the day, Sami Zayn and KO get the win. That was probably the match of the night. Um, it looks like they're going to be setting up a Cody Rhodes versus Dominic at Money in the Bank. Let's talk about this for a second. Overall, Raw got a C grade last night. A C grade. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to say anything more. I gave you a quick rundown of the results. I'd like to know what you think about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw obviously is 
they call it the flagship, but I really wonder if it still is as it kind of takes a backseat to SmackDown these days. Which one would you say is actually the, the premier branded show of WWE? Oh, it's still Raw. Uh, I think SmackDown's probably a better program, but Raw will always be the flagship for WWE, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it the very first show. Yeah, because it's just it's the one that's been around. It's the established show. That's always going to be your A show. Now, are the matches and the entertainment value better on SmackDown? Probably, but it's always going to be Raw. Raw is going to be number one. Just the way it is. When we talk about the ratings, everyone seems to be so interested about the ratings. Um, as far as Monday Night Raw goes, it was going against the NBA Finals. So Monday Night Raw pulled in an average of 1.59 million viewers on the USA Network. And that was actually down from the 1.8 million it had from last week. Now, in the key demo of 18 to 49, it did a 0.43. That's down significantly from the 0.56 that it did the prior week. Again, the show was up against the NBA Finals, which was won by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that had 13 million viewers, and they scored a 3.98 in the 18 to 49 demo. So it, it definitely took away from Monday Night Raw, but the fact that they still garnered uh, 1.5 million people, I think, is still really impressive. When we take a look at the breakdown of the show, hour one, um, average 1.7 million, hour two, it, it definitely drops. So it drops down to 1.5, and then hour three is 1.4. So it's it's an interesting thing a lot of people talk about today. Is Monday Night Raw being three hours still what's best for the company? Or is it a situation where, hey, you know what? We've already made the switch. We're kind of stuck with it. Three hours is a long time. Like, that, I know I couldn't do that. I have a hard time watching a three-hour pay-per-view. It's it's a long time to sit down and just stare at your idiot box. Because we all have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Life to live, chores, errands, whatever it would be. Time to spend with our spouse. And to do that every Monday night, three hours, it's too much for me. Right, man? You can't tell me they couldn't condense it down to two. I think they could easily do that. Right. Get rid of some of the, the fooey and the nonsense. Break it down to two. Nope. But if they do that, you need to realize something. They're going to lose advertising money. Because every commercial they run, money. They're getting paid. So if you cut it down from three to two, you're going to lose some of your financial. You can't run all the same amount of commercials. Because, you know, you're going to take even less wrestling. You'll, you'll be half commercials, half wrestling at that point. Well, True. Now your ratings are definitely going to take a beating because nobody's going to watch that. If it's a commercial every five minutes, I'm out. So there's just no way something Because it just sucks. All you're doing is watching advertisements. But they could benefit from a two-hour show. You just need to weigh out the business aspects of it. How they would do it, you know? You just got to cut out some of the the nonsense, basically. Maybe a little 
couple fewer skits, shorter interviews, you can condense it and still get it in. Because some matches you watch on Raw, it's like, all right, that could have been four minutes short. Easy. That's not cutting Raw up. Because same things on Dynamite Wednesday nights that sometimes, like, Jesus, this match is going on. And it, it should have been over. Or, you know, this segment, you know, MJF is still talking. It's been 15 minutes. Like, enough's enough. Cut it off at 10. You just saved five minutes. There, there are things you can do which doesn't completely destroy the flow of the show. Some things are going to have to get cut out. But I think at this point they're committed to the three-hour show. I'm sure they have a contract saying that they have to fill a three-hour show. And you have your advertising revenues that you will lose if you cut out that extra hour. And that's a big deal. Right? But three hours is too long for me. I also think that, and, and I don't praise WWE very often, but I think what Shawn Michaels is doing in NXT, and granted NXT has gone through so many iterations, and it's it's been good, it's been bad, it's been good, it's been bad. I feel like what they're doing right now, as far as all these call-ups, I think what they're willing to do right now is I think they're willing to sacrifice and bite the bullet. Things may drop. But in the long run, things are going to build up again. It reminds me of what they did back in 95 as they were going into 95, 96. And then obviously things really start ramping up in 97 where they got past the new generation, right? It was all these brand new stars. So you look at, you know, the Zoe Starks and you look at the Braun Breakers and you look at these different talents that are coming up from NXT. You have to think Damian Priest is going to get a world championship uh, opportunity at some point in time. There's these other individuals um, that definitely are going to be the stars of tomorrow. And when I mean by tomorrow, I mean within the next between now and about a year and a half from now. Because you got to look at WWE roster as well. How many of these guys are still going to be around? I mean, there's a lot of people that are, I don't want to say long in the tooth, but let's take a look at their some of their stars here because some of their stars, I mean, you know, you got Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, right? I would probably say both of those guys will be gone within five years. Probably. Um, I think your Rhea Ripley's, your Gunther's, your Austin Theories are going to be your futures. I think your Carmelo Hayes's and your Tiffany Stratton's are going to be your futures. I think Wesley, Nathan Frazier, um, Braun Breaker, don't forget Braun, Braun Breaker He's is going to be your guy. future. Yes, I think you you have the Oscars and I think you have the Ronda Rousey's and the Shayna Baszler's and the Kevin Owens and the Sami Zayn's to get people in the door. But all of that is just to say, hey, guess what? Here are some guys that you know, but here are some people that you might not know. But I think you should get to know them because they're the future. And I think right now, I think that's what sets WWE aside from at least separates themselves from AEW because right now they have a solid uh, program that says, here's our next generation. And mm -hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, do I necessarily always like what NXT's programs are? No. But do I think that it serves a really good purpose? Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on here. Now let's pay attention to what just happened. 
because I'm not sure my simple mind can can do this. Mike Freeland, the Mike Freeland, mm -hmm. just said something positive about WWE. I did. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I've got to go because <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Uh, it's been a great run. Uh, it's the end of FRM Pod for me. <laughs> uh, best of luck because I don't know where to go from here. Hell must have there. frozen over. Holy crap on a cracker tonight. I'm Didn't just telling you. I mean, okay. All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When it comes to some of the people that WWE has, right? Mm -hmm. Now, take Cody Rhodes out of the equation here. Um, Cruz del Toro, I definitely think is going to be really good. Cora Jade is going to be really good. Um, Charlie Dempsey, given an opportunity, is going to be really, really good. Channing Lorenzo is going to be good. They've got people. They've got people. Now, do I think within the next five years, Oscar's going to be there? No. Do I think it's hard to say whether or not I think Becky Lynch will still be there? Uh, Bron, uh, uh, Lesner, Brock Lesnar won't be there. I don't think he'll be there at all. I think he'll be far gone at that point in time. Um, five years, do I think Cody Rhodes will, st will still be there? I don't think so. In five years? Yeah, I don't. Uh, Cody will still be around. You say the, the great Kali? Cody. Oh, yes, Cody. The great I, Kali I, yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, the great Kali will be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, we know Edge isn't, isn't going to be there. Um I just don't think that there's a lot of some of their bigger names that are going to want to hang around. And I think that's why they're bringing more people up. And I give them credit because they're doing, here's the thing. AEW has the same opportunity that WWE has showcase younger talent, give them the floor. That's what you do. That's what you do. And if they're not willing to do that, Ivy Nile is a perfect example. I think she is a huge star, and she's going to be even a bigger star as time goes by. Um, Jimmy and Jay, in five years, I don't think they'll be with the company anymore. I don't. I don't. Johnny Gorgano is not going to be with the company within five years. No. Carl Anderson, Kieran Cross are not going to be. Kevin Owens is not going to be. There's no, a lot of people. Kevin Owens will be in five years? No, he will not be. Huh. I don't think Kofi will in five years. Um, I don't think LA Knight or Luke Gallows is going to be with the company within five years. Uh, Matt Riddle is definitely not going to be with the company within five years. I think you're going to have a big turning over of the roster. Matt Riddle I think, will. No, Riddle Why will not? not be. Why not? You just think he's going to burn out? or I think the company's going to probably choose not to renew his contract, to be honest with you. Wow. Interesting take. I like it. Just interesting. I think Nikita Lyons, when she comes back, is going to be a huge star. You're going to see a huge turnover on the WWE roster. A big turnover. And they even mentioned that there's probably going to be uh, some releases that are going to be happening this year as well, specifically this summer. I mean, it when should you got, have already happened. It, it should have already happened. When you got Rick Boogs and Riddick Moss and Ridge Holland just waiting in the wings, I mean, come on now. You got a lot. Roxanne Perez, who I think is really getting pushed. She is WWE's version of Sky Blue to AEW. I feel like even though Roxanne Perez, I think, is leaps and bounds way better than Sky Blue. Um, 
I think you're going to see a huge turnover of the uh, of the roster. Sheamus will not be there within five years. Shelton Benjamin's not going to be there within five years. Rey Mysterio won't be. Shinsuke won't. Otis yep. will still be there. Within five years? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Champion by then. Universal champion. Otis. Tommaso Ciampa definitely will not be there. Uh, We'll still be waiting for Veer to come. I don't think Veer's been here yet. We're still waiting on Veer to to show up, or is he here? Who cares? I'm kidding. Um, But I think WWE, definitely, you're going to see a huge overhaul. A huge... You know what's interesting is when you go from WWE, when you go from WrestleMania... Seven to WrestleMania eight, you see a change. When you see change from eight to nine is a big change. Nine to ten, I would say, would be the biggest change as far as what we saw, at least when I was, you know, growing up. But you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that. I don't think AJ Styles will be around in five years. So I think a lot of these guys, I like I said, Cody will not be there in five years. Guarantee you that. So are we talking okay, so these this talent we're talking about here, yes, you, you don't think will be around in five years. No, you think they're going to be like retired or released, still beating around in the indies. Oh, I don't know what they'll be impacts, doing. doing their... I don't, I don't know what they'll be doing. I mean, I, I just don't think they'll be in WWE. I think at this point in time, I think the the roster will turn over almost completely, and I think it'll be in a completely different. It, it'll be almost the, you know how they say the new generation where they're going to call it something. They're going to come up with some type of cliche title for it. But yeah. I think that's what it'll be. It's an interesting take. Mike. So with, within, within five years, I'm not saying five years, within five years, it'll be your Rhea Ripley's, your Gunther's, your Austin Theories, um, your Carmelo Hayes's. It's, it's going to be their time. It's going to be Wesley's time. Um, you know, you're just you're gonna see this new crop of guys and gals. Um, Aaliyah, it's gonna be her time. Um, Amari Miller, her time. So and it was which really interesting is when you think about like the street profits, I do not think D'Angelo Dawkins is gonna make the cut. I think at some point in time they're gonna end up releasing him because I just don't think they have a whole lot invested in him. I mean uh, his partner and his his name uh, Montez Ford. Montez I think he's Ford. a huge star. Cameron Grimes is going to be a mega star. I like um, him. He's excellent. Really good. You know who's somebody who I, I I'm sorry, but this is just a big case of nepotism. And if people don't like me saying this, Ava Rain, whatever the Rock's daughter. I don't know if it's just this this we have this perception in our minds. You know, this is the Rock. And one of the greatest of all times. And then we look at his daughter and we think, oh, she's a byproduct of him. Therefore, she's going to be great. She's definitely not there, but she's not even at the Rocky Maya via pineapple haircut stage. <laughs> she's not even there yet. Um, she's still young, though, Mike. She is, but there's a lot of nepotism that was probably a reason why she's within the company. Let's 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 just be real honest. That's Being fun. the Rock's daughter definitely had a lot to do with her getting in. Yep. A lot to do. But that's society. That's everywhere. That's true. I mean, that's, you know, oh, my well, gosh. I don't my... have a big issue with, with that. But you've got to give her a bit of a chance, though. I think WWE will continue to 
succeed and will continue to beat AEW unless AEW finally takes some steps and looks at, hmm, what is Shawn Michaels doing with NXT that makes NXT stars? What helps propel them to make that next leap to the next, uh, the, the brand up? Are we going to be able to do that with a rampage or a collision or what do we have to do to get some of these stars to be ready to be on dynamite, to compete with the Moxley's to compete with the Brian Danielson's. I mean, these guys are only going to be here for a couple years tops. What, I'll throw what we... one out there. Just random thoughts pop in my head. Yeah. What if AEW more or less makes ring of honor their NXT? Or rampage, their NXT. I don't know. gives you gives you that that screen time. It does. Gives you, gives you the learning experience. Gets them some exposure. It does. You I agree. Know. You could go that route. I mean, yeah, it's a hundred percent complete knockoff of WWE, but WWE is doing something right, and AEW isn't. So correct. It's not always a bad idea to steal an idea nothing's ever original. It's always a ripoff and then somebody puts their own spin on it. Um, so, okay, here, here's what I think. This is the lineup for dynamite. Okay. It's going to be an AEW world championship eliminator match. MJF versus Adam Cole, AEW women's world championship match, Tony storm to take on TBD, which I mean, I think we know who that's going to be. The Blackpool Combat Club is going to be ta- uh, Blank- Blackpool Combat Club against Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. The Mogul Embassy versus Sting and Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be other things on the show as well. You're still doing the same people, MJF, Adam Cole. What you said before, the Blackpool Combat Club, Darby Allen. Now, I am happy that they're bringing the mobile, Mogul embassy because i love that freaking tag team really glad they're going to be involved um i'm glad to see that keith lee is on dynamite he's just too good to be ignored but it's the same the same group of people every single freaking time and that's why god i hope and pray that when they launch collision um it's it's different it's different well, it will be because Punk is going to be, well, supposedly it is going to be because Punk is there and a lot of talent don't want to work with Punk. So, Well, if you're a hungry talent, you should take a spot wherever you can. I agree. But if you're, you're established talent. Yes. But Mox can get there and say, no, I'm not doing it. I agree because he doesn't need to get over. Right. And TK's going to make a point. Right, so you know you're you're not going to send the elite over there. No, that well, that's just strikes true. me as a, not a good idea. But that's a fisticuff waiting to happen. Uh, Jericho has been wishy washy on it. At one point, he said he wanted nothing to do with it. Now he's saying he's not opposed to it. So I don't know how much is going to come of that, or if anything will. But you 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 would be smart to. Do almost a brand split. Not quite a split. Like, okay, you're strictly collision. You're strictly dynamite. You're strictly rampage. Whatever it be. I don't know if you need to go such a 
a hard line as that. But you need to make sure on each show you have to develop people a little bit. Just just don't give me the same people alone. Just like I said earlier in the show. Just don't do that. Because it, it won't help you. It'll probably hurt you. Because people get tired of it. Clutch points up. Posted this article. It says, with the excitement of Collision coming out, it was being followed by many people wondering if Collision will be the B show and Rampage will subsequently become the C show. Now, will there be a brand split? Will be what they call a soft brand split. How will they split up championships? Well, Tony Khan actually went ahead and answered some of those questions. Uh, he said in the following. I'm going to feature certain talent on certain shows, but I haven't drawn any hard lines or locked us into any kind of roster split just as of yet. I think people are going to feud on certain shows, but I also think that gives us a great opportunity to showcase certain wrestlers on both Dynamite and Collision at certain times. I think the champions of AEW will be the champions on every show, and frankly, every promotion in the world should do that. We're not shy about any of that stuff in AEW, and we're all about giving top stars competition. Uh, Tony Khan also shared his excitement about the addition of two more hours of live television, saying five hours of television will now give us more time to utilize the roster more frequently. He also would go on to say the roster is so strong. I believe we have so many great wrestlers. It's impossible to showcase them all in just three hours of television. Khan said now it's a much better opportunity. Now that we have five hours across five hours of television, we can utilize the roster much more frequently and utilize a great number of wrestlers. Um, okay. All right. So let's, let's talk about people who should be getting utilized. Um, and we've said this before. Where's Action Andretti? Why, why, why is he not? He should be a factor on collision. It's such um, a waste. It it's is a waste. waste. It is, it, it's so stupid because I don't get why they haven't. Why is Alex Reynolds and John Silver not used? And I'm tired of the, the comedy shit. Either they become a serious tag team or Alex Reynolds needs to go off and do his own thing. I think Alex Reynolds has much more of an upside than, than John Silver does. Um, can we please take Angelo Parker uh, and uh, Matt Menard and make them a serious tag team? Mm -hmm. Why are they just these cronies? I'm tired of it. I've seen them wrestle. They're good. They're amazing. They're just doing these stupid skits and it just gets old. Uh, you mentioned before, Big Bill, uh, William Morrissey. Why? Why does AEW not have a big monster heel he's perfect he's in great shape he looks the part he knows the part he's fantastic um what are you going to end up doing with brian pillman jr what are, what are you going to end up doing with that guy at some Nothing. point in time he's going to come back but what are you going to do with him he's he's going to get lost in the shuffle i just i feel like he is um, the butcher and the blade at one point in time, great, maybe not so much at this point. It doesn't look like they're going to get focused on. Um, that's a tragedy as well, just for record. It is a tragedy. I mean, in Dante Martin and Darius Martin, top flight had the injury bug not bit them so many freaking times. I mean, if they have not just been plagued with the scarlet letter when it comes to pro wrestling, I have no idea because those two guys should be competing for tag team championships. There's no doubt in my mind. They should. Um, what are you going to do with Griff Garrison? 
because clearly he's somebody that you have invested in. What are you going to do with him? I like Griff Garrison. I hope to do something with him. I do too. I think he's got a good look. I, mean, I hope he just he's going to fall in there with, with um, Pillman Jr. He's been gone for so long now, so he's forgotten. Yes. All yes. his momentum is gone. Right? And his momentum he had, they didn't generate for him. He just It just happened. That doesn't happen twice. Or, or no. I shouldn't say it doesn't, but it generally doesn't. You mean organically? Yes. Well, okay. What about Wardlow? He had the chance, and guess what? Oh. It's gone. It's gone. Oh, Mike, I don't want to talk about that again. I think we talk about that every week. We do. That's it's how bad they've screwed that up. It, that's, oh, my Jesus. Um, they fucked that up in the worst possible way. I think, you know, much like we talked about with WWE, there are guys who I think should be gone from AEW, and, and this is not an indictment on them, but it's just the simple fact that why are they there if they're not going to be used? And I don't foresee them even being used on collision. Um, Peter Avalon, I have, I have seen no reason why he should even be around. Nothing against him, but I don't see that. Sean Dean has been moved over to Ring of Honor. Uh, Serpentigo has been doing some stuff when they did Dark and Dark Elevation. Since then, he's not really been used. Scorpio Sky is going to be moved over to Collision, which I think is good. Satnam Singh, for the love of God, either use him, turn him into a monster, or cut loose with him. Because that is a complete seven feet nine of wasted space. Um, let's see. I like the fact they're starting to move with Swerve Strickland a little bit more. Are they going to give him the belt? I mean, they, they had a great match with Orange Cassidy. Do you think it's time to give somebody like Swerve an opportunity? Well, why not? I completely um, agree. Orange Cassidy doesn't need the belt. No, he doesn't. He's already over. Um, it, his gimmick is weird. It's, it's quirky. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think he's very good in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not big on the the slacker gimmick. I guess you want to call it. That's well, got a place. The comedy thing. It's well, it's a thing now. People enjoy it. I prefer more wrestling. So if you put that belt on somebody like Swerve Strickland, once you have a huge amount of new um, rivalries feuds they could go with. Strickland's fantastic, so you know he's going to put off great matches. Not he's a step down in talent from Orange Cassidy. He's, he's amazing. Why not? If you can pull off a just new life to that belt. Because Orange Cassidy's a hard guy to have the belt on for a really long time because his gimmick's a bit weird. Hokey. For me, I'm maybe I'm in the minority. You're I don't, not. You're not. I, I, I agree with you. But if you take the belt off him, so tomorrow night they take the belt off him, like just right. for argument's sake. Okay. Guess what? He's still relevant. Yes. Next Wednesday, and the Wednesday after, unless they bury him. Well, then that's a different conversation. But he won't lose any fans. He he just won't. And if anything we could probably put them back with best friends and make them a little more relevant and, and you got a trios. Just food for thought. I'm just throwing that out there. That's no, I, I don't disagree with you whatsoever with that. I think they've really dropped the ball with best friends completely. 
Um, I think out of when we look at best friends, we have Chuck Taylor and um, yes, Trent Barretta. I have always thought that Trent was the more talented one between the two. That's just my take. I, I just I had that feeling. Um, I don't know why Trent hasn't gotten pushed as a singles. I really don't. If they're not doing a whole lot with best friends, why not push him as a singles? Once again, why not push Alex Reynolds if you're not going to be doing anything with him in silver? I think you could easily take John Silver and push him over to Ring of Honor. Let him do his thing. The um, whole Dark Order. Devil, it's done. You know, it, unfortunately, when when Mr. Brody Lee passed, yes, that faction, they didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And they've been floundering ever since. But the thing is, yeah, Johnny Hungy, He's a bit of a comedy act now, mm-hmm. but he can wrestle. Oh, well, he can forget that he can go. Yes, right. So you could make them a legit tag team. I'm not saying you're going to throw the belt on them this week. No, but you could make them a legit tag team because they'll have great matches. They're just not getting used. It's they're turning into a pure comedy shtick. I mean, they don't even wrestle anymore. Well, the few people that I've seen that AEW has taken away from a group and actually done something with them, Preston Vance, and we've always talked about Preston Vance. Yep. Preston Vance, an opportunity. He definitely deserves it. We talked about Powerhouse Hobbs, an opportunity. He deserves it. Um, There are people that you look at that they deserve – to get looked at. And I think they're also doing that with Takeshita right now. So if I'm looking at a couple of people like, okay, if I looked at 2023 and I said, what did AEW do productively? Like what, what can I actually say? Oh, they did this this year. Um, They definitely continued to build Ricky Starks, which I think is good. I think having Takeshita be a little bit more important as far as relevant with Don Callis, they're doing that right now. I think that's a good thing. I think they've used Powerhouse Hobbs better, and then they kind of dropped the ball. They were going in a good direction, then they dropped the ball. I feel like the signing of Juice Robinson and Switchblade Jay White was good, but what are you going to do with them? Because they're a big deal. And Could be good. I think, dude, I think they could beat FTR for the tag titles. And I would put the tag titles on Juice and uh, Switchblade. Absolutely. I agree. They could, but if they don't get used right, then it's relevant. Yeah, I mean, just. I don't know. It seems they're almost. Do you not agree when we were talking about this before? And I forget who you said. We might have talked about this last week about who we really think the pillars could be. Like Daniel Garcia, I think could be a pillar. Hook, definitely, in my opinion, could be uh, a pillar that doesn't get looked at uh, very much. Um, I'm trying to remember who else we talked about could be a, a, a pillar of the company. Um, what about just popped in my Wheeler Yuda? See, I'm on the fence about that guy. I feel like he could be gone from the Blackpool Combat Club and no one would care. Really? Oh, my God. I don't think. He just looks like an angry like teenage kid that just never fully matured in the face. 
He just looks like he, he looks like a mad a mad teenager who like lost at some video game when he gets angry. He doesn't look like a badass. And every just, time he jumps that on the road, a second to let that sink into my head, there. I had to think about it for a minute. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. It's interesting, take. I like Wheeler Yuta. He's a prepubescent teen boy who's got way too much facial hair that needs to be trimmed up. I guess so. He just I, I feel like he could be gone from the Blackpool club and no one is going to miss a beat. No one is going to miss a beat. They could replace Wheeler Yuta with somebody else and I think it would be fine. I think it would be fine. Um, I want to mention this before and I think this is kind of interesting because AEW has a really interesting summer coming up. So they have pay-per-views in June, July, and August, which I'm wondering, are they going to have enough time to be able to bring all of this together? Um, you know, we know that there's going to be a big match coming up. I mean, there's two matches so far for Forbidden Door. Um, it's going to be, let's see here, Brian Danielson is going to be taking on Okada. The Rainmaker, and then you're going to have Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega in a rematch for the IWGP US Championship. What else do you think that we're going to end up hearing about this right now? So right now we have two matches. There's a rumored match of Kenta coming in to take on CM Punk at Forbidden Door. Is there any other matches that we think are going to really be that interesting? Because, you know, we obviously are going to have to, to find somebody from New Japan, obviously to take on somebody from AEW. Do you think, is there any names out there right now that you think, you know what, I really think this would be a really good match? It's a good time to bring Lance Archer back. That could be a good one. Bring him back. Have him do a monster against monster, him and Wardlow. You don't think it's too close of styles? It is close of styles, but it gives you a chance to get Lance Archer back over and, you know, getting shown again. He can represent your new Japan, right? but yet he still stays over and, and you know, does a program with Wardlow. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a bullish match between the two. going to beat the snot out of each other. Right? But don't forget, Wardlow can go off the top rope a little bit, and so can Lance Archer. So I think that'd be a good match, personally. Um, the only thing that really popped into my head, what about a women's match? Who would you... Who could you do there? Um, wow. Got to have a women's match on it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're you definitely have uh, Willow Nightingale on there. I mean, I think she well, she's already the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, strong champion. She took yes. on Mercedes. Mercedes was supposed to win that match until she fell off the top rope and ended up breaking her ankle. So I think you could have her Willow take on. She could be the representative for New Japan. She could end up taking somebody on who's in the women's division of. Uh, AEW, but I mean, who would you, who would you put against a Willow Nightingale? Would it be somebody who's already currently on the roster? Would you try to uh, build up the uh, the Outcast faction and maybe have a Ruby Riot take her on? Um, do you think maybe a Soraya versus her for the New Japan Championship? I mean, or do you bring somebody back? Do you bring a Serena D back, the Professor? You know, who do you do? Do you do something with Ty Valkyrie? Do you maybe bring her in? Maybe do you have Jade Cargill want to go ahead and challenge her? Maybe have Jade spend some time over in New Japan. Maybe do a trade or something like that. 
I'm not sure, but I mean, you're definitely going to have to have Willow on the card. Willow and Deeb would be good. I'd watch Will- that. In our Willow card. and Deeb would be really good. Yes. I don't know. If, I don't know what's what the deal is with Serena Deeb. I don't know what's going on there. I have no um, idea. If you have her go against Taya Valkyrie, that could make sense. Willow goes over, obviously. But do you want to turn Valkyrie into a jobber? I don't know. She's a little. She's a little good for that, I think. If she's if they're gonna put the New Japan title on the line, she's obviously got to go over. You agree with there? Like, I, 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 no, I'm agree. not off base, am I? No, you're not. So, you wouldn't put her in with Tony Storm. You wouldn't put her in with Jamie Hader or Hader's hurt anyway. But nonetheless, it's not going to be something like that. Um, yeah, I Ruby, Ruby Riot wouldn't be a terrible idea. I think you would probably leave some of the more prolific matches for Wembley, in my opinion. Yeah, but still, if you do like Willow and Ruby Riot, that gives you a little bit, a little bit of name value. Ruby Riot's good, you know. She's relevant in AEW right now, so it's not you're throwing her a complete sacrificial lamb to where you know it's just gonna be a smash. Do you feel? Let me ask you this: Do you feel like whatever outcomes we have? Let's say where AEW stars end up winning against New Japan or any title changes, that that's definitely going to play into um, the upcoming schedule for New Japan as well. So, I mean, meaning like, are you going to have more trade-offs if that happens? Because we already, we, we already saw uh, the BCC head over and they did Dominion pay-per-view. So I think... Well, there's a good working relationship going on there. There is. Between uh, New Japan and AEW. So I I think you're always going to see talent float back and forth between them. So even if you take the belt off of somebody from New Japan, Willow Nightingale, just for pure argument's sake here, you you can easily have it just be a a short-term answer. It's just enough to make AEW look good, you know, but then at Wembley, New Japan get some of their belts back or something or lead up to lead up to know. maybe Wrestle Kingdom, which is which normally happens in January. That's their big show. Yeah, you, you could make it work. Because anytime you're gonna be doing interpromotional things, you can't just keep the belts on the New Japan belts. Are not always going to stay on New Japan talent, mm-hmm. and same thing for AEW. There Correct. has to be some back and forth, or nobody really benefits anything from it. Really, if, if it's always going to be the New Japan talent always win when they're defending the belt, then it's kind of irrelevant at that point. It's just you know, even if it's a great match, if you go into it knowing, yep, Willow Nightingale is going to win this. Oh look, sure shit, she won. It's even if it's a good match, it takes away from it a little bit, I think, if it's completely predictable. Well, I mean, when you look at the, the champions right now in New Japan, so Sonata is the world champion. The IWG, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion is um, Takahashi. You assume they would probably be, David Finley would probably be a part of it at least at some point. I mean, you would think Zack Sabre Jr., he was just in Ring of Honor uh, in one of their tapings. 
Kenta obviously is being rumored to be a part of it as well. You'd, you'd think some of those guys are going to be a part of this show. I mean, with only two matches announced so far, you got to figure, you know, TJP is the tag champions, the IWGP tag team champions. You think they're going to put a tag team championship match on that card? The junior heavyweight tag team champions? Tag team matches, you have to. Okay. Why not? It makes sense. But you got to think, Mike, is Forbidden Door not in 12 days? I think a lot is happening. It was the 20... What is the date of that? 25th. Yeah. So it's 12 days time. Yeah. And I thought the Punk Kenta match was announced. Um, I don't think it was announced yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me take a look here. Uh, no, that match is not announced yet. No? No. I apologize. But yeah, I mean, it's only just 12 days away. By the way, as we're recording this, uh, the Golden State Knights trounced the Panthers to win the Stanley Cup. The who? The Golden Knights trounce the Panthers to win the Stanley Cup. You said the Golden State. Oh, the Golden Knights, sorry. Yes. The Golden Knights. Evidently, there's a big brouhaha that happened in the last uh, game where some people were pretty pissed off. Well, yeah, Alex Petrangelo comes out of a penalty box at the end of the game and gets into a fisticuff with a... Uh, Matthew Kachuk. Gosh, not good. I mean, not um, good. It's great. It's WWE. Coming from a guy who's never played hockey. No, I haven't. I'm just saying, like the fans throwing stuff, though. I don't agree with that. Yeah, that's a bit much. That's got to stop. You got to give that crap up. Um, you think Jeff Cobb will be on Forbidden Door? Oh God, he should be. Did you ever see Jeff Cobb? When he was in, uh, he was he played the role of Montanza. It was, um, oh my God, the Aztec Temple. What was the name of that company? Oh my God, I'm gonna say it out loud. Lucha Underground. Okay, no. If you have not seen Lucha Underground, you definitely need to check that out. Whether it's on YouTube or somewhere, like Google it. There were some freaking great matches. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Didn't. Um, what's the guy who owns it? Quinones? Quinones? You mean Victor Quinones? Yeah, isn't that who owns it? Uh, let's see here. Or used to? Let's see here. Penta was really shown on that one a lot. Uh, it was developed by Mark Burnett, who was a big reality show guy. Matt Stryker and Vampiro were the color commentators. It lasted four seasons. Wasn't Ricochet on that too? He may have been. Uh, I'm trying to see who the owner was. I don't see. But it was good. I enjoyed it. It was more... They filmed it differently. It was more, I don't want to say cinematic, but it was it was different. It was definitely different the way they filmed it, but it was good. I liked it. Well, it's on Netflix, apparently. Go ahead and put on Netflix. I'm telling you, man, good stuff. That's, uh, that's one of the places where I started to really become familiar with um, Pentagon. 
before he actually ended up going over to Impact and becoming Impact World Champion, which I thought was really cool. That was during the time when Cody actually had gone back to Impact Wrestling as well. So, interesting. Um, some other news. Uh, brother, the Hulkster is making some news. Did you hear uh, his most recent uh, comments? Yeah, I sent that article to you. Yes. Didn't I? Uh, oh, you no, I have. didn't send it to you. No? So yeah, here's, yeah, I, here's, here's what's happening. E-Wrestling News is saying, Ryan Clark's writing in, Hulk Hogan uh, commented on today's wrestler saying, and I quote, they look like they should be bagging my groceries. Uh, Hulk Hogan has said a lot of things about professional wrestlers over the years, but most recently on the Full Send podcast, the WWE Hall of Famer opined on the differences between today's era of professional wrestlers versus his era. He says, and I quote, it wasn't the WWE, it was the wrestling business. I was, when I got in, a man. When I walked into a dressing room, there were like six guys sitting there, all 300-pounders. I was a medium-sized guy, and I weighed 300-plus. But when I got in, if you wanted to be a wrestler, you had to go through things. Everyone had cauliflower ears, broken noses, lost teeth. They had gotten knocked out. All of that kind of stuff. So... He seems to think that being a pro wrestler, you got to be a big dude and have paid your dues and gone up and down the roads. Now, here's what he said is the difference between wrestling today and when he was in his prime. He would say, I think the main thing about the product is that it had no attraction, has no attraction like a Hulk Hogan uh, that you could put a guy in the ring with like a one man gang. Instead, you don't have that anymore. There is no more Hulk Hogan. There's no more Rock. There's no Andre the Giant or Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't have just that one guy anymore. Um, he would go on to continue to say that he thinks they're doing a great job at the Performance Center, but he still doesn't think the wrestlers look like wrestlers in some ways. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the whole steroid situation put an end to that. Um, performance enhancing drugs because you know people were dropping dead dying not only in wrestling but in bodybuilding and I think they just had to learn to become different and I think we also learned that there's different styles of wrestling that are out there that are really good so maybe being the big hulking guy anymore just isn't the thing times change and evolve would you agree absolutely 100% when I read this article I just shook my head I mean, Hulk's got his faults, but he is still Hulk Hogan. But that made him sound like such a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I, man, it's not like that anymore. If you look at guys now, what they're doing in the ring is better than 90% of the talent back in the 80s. Oh, I agree. Or the 90s, or even the 2000s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They are fantastic. Look what Ricochet is doing. Now, some people go with the, the whole grape ball. It's a lot of flippy-dippy stuff. It's not mad wrestling. Fair. Some of it is. That, that's a legitimate thing to bring up. That it's not everybody's cup of tea. But they are so much better now than what they were technically. You know, and yeah, you don't need to be six and a half foot tall. 300 pounds gas to the nuts where you got muscles on top of your muscles. Right. 
Yeah, it looks great. Sure. Looks intimidating. Absolutely. The guy's a monster. But then his matches are five, six minutes. You're you're the ultimate warrior. Look like a million bucks. Had five moves. Warriors. Or, or like Ahmed Johnson is another prime example of it. Looked amazing. That guy, that guy was gassed just giving an interview. He <sighs> but you look at the size, they were all huge. They were. So, yes, visually, when you looked at it, like, oh my God, the guy's a superhero. Just look at the size of them. But you look at the guys now, okay, they're not the big monsters. They're still in great shape. Right? They're still, most of them are still six foot tall, better than 200 pounds, which is not a small person. No. Right? Especially when it's, you know, you're six foot tall, you're 200 pounds of solid muscle. You're still a fair sized person. I would concur. But they can wrestle. They can do a 15, 20 minute match. Yeah, there's going to be some high spots in it, but a lot of them can wrestle too, though. Like actually chain wrestling. And they have much wider array of moves, right? Their repertoire is way better. Because if you think back in the 80s, okay, who are your your great wrestlers? Not uh, entertainers, in, but in the, wrestlers. Okay, in the 80s, I would say Dynamite Kid was really, really good. Um, I mean, I, I still think Davey was really good back in the day. Yeah. I think Brett was really good at wrestling as a wrestler in the 80s. I think Iron Sheik actually could wrestle. Mm-hmm. I think he was good. I think Bob Backlund was really good at wrestling. Um, so we're not talking about just people who are personalities and characters, people who could no. actually go. Uh, Flair could definitely go. There's no doubt about that. Steamboat. Of course, Steamboat yeah. could. Macho could. Um. Oh God, I'm trying to think here. Who else? Who else? Who else? I mean, I think a guy who was really underrated, in my opinion, was Tito Santana. Yep. I he could go really well. I think the model Rick Martel could wrestle really well, mm-hmm. especially what he did in the AWA. I think that Kurt Henning could go really well in the '80s. He was really, really good, especially when he had his um his big WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania. Four with the blue blazer. Uh okay, blue Owen Hart in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think he could wrestle really well. So not you had, you had some, but they were a minority. Oh, absolutely. Because your big stars were who? Hulk. Hulk, Earthquake, Earthquake. uh, Typhoon, um Big John Stud. Yes. Jerry Von Eric. Um, one man gang. Dudes. Yes. Right? And it's but you look at wrestling now, the actual wrestling part, yes, the athletic accomplishments, it's it's not even close. It's it's really not so yeah, they're not the great big behemoths that they were back in the eighties, nineties. Agreed. But wrestling's a hell of a lot better. I I think it is anyhow. You don't got your your super cartoony gimmicks, which you know, when we were kids that's what drew us in, mm-hmm. right? But now, as well, kind of adults, you know, we're not so much fans of the the cartoony stuff anymore. Just, you know, I mean, we're both in our mid forties. It's just the way it is. 
right? But I think wrestling was way better now than what it was back then. And you lifestyles are different. You know, you don't have the same outlook on a lot of things such as steroids, pills, boozing it up all the time. They just they just live differently. And hopefully we're not gonna see you know what we seen from a lot of talent from when we were kids, you know, passing away at not a real old age and stuff like that, and, and suffering from devastating injuries and stuff like that because they couldn't look after themselves because they had to be on the road 300 days a year and so on and so forth. The whole industry has changed. It's changed for the better. And no, no, I'm sorry, Hulk, but you don't need to be a great big monster to get over anymore. And just because a guy isn't the size of you, you shouldn't be bagging your groceries either. No, I agree. I agree completely. So that's that's my rant of the night. I think I think people who are not involved in the product right now, to some degree, might have some bitterness, and I think he definitely has some bitterness. Um, I did want to throw this out here. I thought this was interesting, and this is from Showbuzz Daily. So, so for the first nineteen weeks of twenty twenty three. Um. WWE specifically, this is Monday Night Raw, average is 2.2 million. Okay? 2.2 million. Wow. Which is an average. They're up 23%, uh, obviously, what they were before. So right now, that's a pretty good number 2.2 million. And they're up in the key demos as well. Let's compare that to AEW. For the first 19 weeks of the year, AEW is averaging 888,000. That's their average. Overall, their cable rating is a 0.61. It's up from a 0.58, which was for the last show. The average rating so far through 19 weeks is a 0.64. Last year, it was a 0.68. The reason why I'm saying this is because AEW is very is very much a niche audience. Niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. WWE succeeds because they are a much more broader-ranged appeal. I'm wondering, what are some things that AEW can do to not be so niche? I'm just curious because, you know, say Punk comes back, right? Punk... Do I think Punk is going to have a good rating for the first collision? Yes. Everyone's going to want to know what the hell happened, right? But the true thing is going to be what happens weeks after that. How does – is there a carryover from this? Is Punk only going to be on collision? Is he ever going to be on Dynamite if Dynamite needs a boost? Let's say collision actually does really well. Will they move him around? Well, Here's another question. If things don't pan out the way it is, and let's say there's scuttlebutts of some more issues backstage, do you think Tony fulfills his contract, or do you think Tony cuts him loose? I really feel like this collision thing is it shouldn't hinge on Punk. It shouldn't at all. It should be, once again, the younger guys getting the platform. Do you think Punk is on a short leash if... His impact, his perceived impact 
on collision is not what actually ends up happening. I would think so. And just from a business standpoint, he's, I, mean, I don't know what his contract is, but I would imagine he comes with a pretty big price tag. Yeah. Plus, we've already got the, the chaos he's caused in the past. So you would think they're going to have him on a, on a fairly short leash. You know, if, if ratings are not great, you know, he's brought in for the ratings. That's what he's there for. And so and if ratings aren't great and if he's acting up again, I would like to think that TK is going to be like, enough's enough. You're a pain in my ass. You're not making me no money. Go. Just get lost. Now, so one thing with Collision, I don't know if you, it was one of the articles that I sent you. Mm -hmm. um, ticket sales are shits. Well, see, that's the other thing. They're bad, bad. They're, even with the punk announcement, they're not really moving these tickets very much at no. all. I, I think that's a concern, and it yeah. should be a concern. Because it's the, the Chicago show, ticket sales went up, understandably. But for the shows here in Canada, nobody's interested. No. I'll uh, see if I can find the numbers again. But it was it was disappointing. Well, give me a second here, Mike. I'll find it here. So just, for Forbidden Door, yeah, or sorry for in in Toronto, mm -hmm. Scotiabank Arena, there's still under two thousand tickets sold for Collision. You'd be, I think, um. Scotiabank Arena is it's a huge hockey arena. So 2,000 people is nothing. That's two sections. That won't even fill the floor of it. So that's not good. And the one in Regina, Saskatchewan, I think there's like 500 tickets sold or something for it. For. I'll see if I can find it. It was really bad. And the Hamilton show, I think there's only seven or eight hundred tickets sold. Yeah, the Coliseum in Hamilton, seven hundred tickets sold. So hardly. How is that working out? I, I said you give five hundred for an indie show around here. I, I don't know how this is going to mathematically end up working out because. If you have more money going out the door than you have coming in the door, and I and I get it with the TV rights deal, you know they're making some good money. But I mean, for the the name value you have on your product, why is it that people aren't tuning in? You're on TNT, which is a huge platform. TBS, huge platform. I mean, it's not like it's on some crappy channel hidden somewhere. That's not good. That's not good at all. That. I, but we also talked about the fact that they, they keep going back to the same places. And when you go back to the same places, people just, I've already been there. I've already seen it. Why am I going to pay more money? Yeah, but if um, you go to a place like Regina, Saskatchewan, that's not like a big booming city. You would think you would draw there, and you're not. Hamilton, just outside of Toronto, you know, it's all part of the greater Toronto area. But still, you're not selling nothing there either. 
and you're not selling nothing in Toronto. Toronto's a big city, Mike. Yeah. And you got 2,000 tickets sold? That's embarrassing. I bet you Greek Town. Nothing against Greek Town. Don't get me wrong. But I bet you, well, I know every show they put off is a full house. You know, 800 people, 1,000 people, stuff like that. And AEW is only pulling in two, we have 2,000 tickets sold. There's, that's a major issue. Something has gone off the rails there for that and to I'd happen. Like, I'd like to know what it is. Right. Is the world more anti-CM Punk coming back than they are excited? Or are they more anti-more AEW programming? Um, I'm going to read this here, and this is from Kyrene Fisher with Wrestling Inc. AEW collision tickets sales are reportedly struggling on multiple uh, upcoming shows, even though CM Punk has already been announced. Now, there's been some shifts in the U uh, in the United States, specifically the Chicago, Illinois show, which is going to be happening at United Center. Um, June 17th, there are 8,200 tickets sold. But still, for the United Center, that's still not a lot. It's still not a lot. It says, oh, you actually just read this one. Toronto has 1,800 tickets. Wow, Hamilton, Regina. Regina, Regina. Regina. God, I always say Regina just for the simple fact that I, Regina sounds too close to, yeah. Yeah, 700, 1346, and 3425. Uh, punk's announced. So if people want to say, oh, you know what? The, the reason why they're not drawing and the reason why ratings aren't, the way they are is because the, they need a big star like Punk. I would be very nervous if I would see CM Punk going back into AEW for the simple fact that you already know you've upset many people. You've already upset a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to work with you. A lot of people don't want you back. But even more than that, it you're not really moving tickets. I mean, so... Even if people didn't like working with you, at least you could show your value by selling tickets, and he's not selling tickets so far. Now, granted, we're going to have to see if after the first uh, collision, if things get a little bit better, but it doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. Do you ever worry? I know this is kind of long-term uh, situation here. Do you ever worry about AEW and its long uh, longevity in, in wrestling? For sure. They haven't grown. No. Five years? Six years? It will be. It's, it's Well, they just celebrated their fourth anniversary. Okay, four years. They haven't grown in four years. No. And lately, they're going down. They're regressing, yeah. That's bad news bears. That, that, that's just not a good business model. But that's Four you, that, years, no growth. And after fourth year, we're going down. That's not good. So what do you do? Stop sucking. How do you stop sucking? Well, I don't know. I'm not a promoter. Um, you just like what's, you, what's you one just part of AEW that you say this would be more. a fix? Stop having the same people on every damn episode. Just stop. And less factions. Less gang warfare. That is too much for me. It's just constantly this faction feeling with that faction. It doesn't always need to be a faction. It can just be two wrestlers. Plain and simple. Nothing more, nothing less. 
But as long as you just keep going with the same thing, repeating the same thing over and over, nothing's going to change. And it's showing right now because you're just running the same things back over and over again, and your ratings are going down because people just get tired of it. And you just can't keep repeating it over and over. You need to change stuff up. And we're not just talking gimmick matches and stuff like that. I mean, I enjoy that when you have the more physical matches, but Mox doesn't need to bleed every time he blows his nose. But that's getting to be a bit much, right? No, you got to hold that off, make that a treat when somebody bleeds, right? I don't even necessarily feel like somebody needs to bleed. No, I agree. Somebody doesn't need to, but if it does happen, it can't be every Wednesday night. Right. Because there's like, well, here we go. You know, somebody's going to bleed. You just expect it, and then you don't have your shock value to it. And you just, if you keep repeating the same thing over and over, people get bored. People get tired. Just like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, people get tired of it, and you're not developing anything. So, it's, you know, it's almost a double whammy. You're not developing your next generation coming up, and the fans are getting bored. So it's going to be more or less the same thing every Wednesday night. Amen. And it's just, it will not pan out. I don't care if every one of your matches is fantastic. I'm still going to get bored. If it's always going to be the same stuff, nah. Yeah, it's going to be a good match, but it's going to be the same thing that's been every Wednesday night for the last two years. You know what? I'm not going to bother to put that on tonight. Linda and I will watch a movie instead. Because you just get bored of it. I can't be the only person that feels that way. No, not at all. Right? So, there's just people need variety. Well, if you're not going to give them variety, and people are going to tune out. Um, so, it looks like right now, Impact averages 99,000 viewers in 2023 per show. This is actually down in 20, so this is 2023. In 2022, they averaged about 114,000 viewers per episode. Wow. It impacts putting on good shows. I just don't know if it's an oversaturation of wrestling right now. I wonder if AEW was just a one night a week show, if things would be better. Once again, it, it probably would have more frustrated people because people would be sick and tired of not getting a chance to be pushed because, well, you only have one night a week. So how many people can you truly showcase? Not very many. So you have more shows, but the more shows you add, it doesn't mean that the ratings are going up. It doesn't mean people are tuning in more. So what is it that's not clicking with the audience? Yeah, it could be oversaturation. It's, I mean, there's got to be something every night, is there not? Monday night, I mean, we got okay, Raw. So mo- Monday, Monday's WWE. Tuesday yeah. is NXT. Wednesday is AEW. Thursday is Impact. Friday is SmackDown and Rampage. Not in Canada. But. Okay. And then Saturday is Collision. Yeah, so... That's a lot. How many hours of wrestling could you honestly put in watching? I'm not saying that you wouldn't enjoy watching, but in your life, 
you know, with everything you've got going on, the little one, with Megs, with life, how many hours do you honestly have a week that you can put in? Maybe two. Yeah. And I'm the exact same thing. So that's the thing I've, yeah, I've got all these, and a lot of fantastic programming, don't get me wrong, fantastic matches. But I've only had so much time, man. Yeah. Like, you know, we have, we have to live. You have, there's more to life than wrestling. Amen to that. It Even can't though... just be get up, go to work, oh, watching, you know, Raw tonight. Oh, go to work Tuesday, watch this. I, I just can't. One, I'll be divorced. <laughs> That's a given. I'm That's might, a given right there. I might be able to get away with a week after that. You're like, listen, this has got to stop. Yeah. No, because you, you know you, you have to have that time with your significant other if you have one or whatnot, and and even if you don't, do something other than watch wrestling. Like, yeah, read a damn book. Don't you want to watch TV? Watch something else. It's just your life can't revolve around it. Let me uh, talking about unique people. I mean, obviously Jim Cornette's a real unique personality, but then. Who's another just powder keg when it comes to their their opinions? Russo. Vinny Rue. On the latest edition of Wrestling Outlaws, Vince Russo declared his opinion um, on a lot of different things. And this is one thing he said about Tony Khan. He said, Tony Khan is buying television time. Period. End of story, Russo said. This is a billionaire's money's project right now. He's paying TBS and TNT more money so he can advertise on their networks. I work with television executives before. I was working with the USA Network even just a year ago. I have conversations with people running the USA Network. You're not going to reward a franchise when you have a history of bad ratings. Um, do you think, Tony, I mean, I don't necessarily think this is true. Do you think it's a pay-to-play? They're not making money, but Tony's just buying more airtime. I wouldn't be shocked. It happens. Uh, I know UFC used to do it with Spike. They used to pay to be on air. So, I mean, it wouldn't be completely out of the realm. And the ratings are not great. Most weeks are getting murdered by WWE. Three to one. Four to one. So, I could see that. Uh, do I think it's the case? Probably not. I don't think so, but if it did come out that that's the case, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um, do I think that they're paying, or he's it's a pay-to-play type of deal, like an infomercial, a large infomercial? Um, I don't think so. I think Tony's smart enough as a businessman to understand that... Well, see, I don't know what the parameters were. Think about it from this perspective. I, I guarantee when Tony Khan approached TNT, TBS, Time Warner, and said, I'd like to put a show on, and this is the time frame I'm looking for, they gave him a benchmark. We, This is what we expect for you to fill you know, as far as ratings. I think I heard somebody at one point in time said that as long as Dynamite hit 500,000, that it would be considered successful. Now, in, in the eyes of, uh, of Warner Media, if that's the case, then they're very successful. I don't know what the benchmark is. 
Um, I'm very curious to know what the benchmark is because you you know they would have said something like, hey, listen, if you don't reach these specific numbers, then we're going to have an issue. But so far, you, you're not hearing any of that. No, they can't be happy. Sorry for interrupting you there, Mike. You're fine. They can't be happy when they see the ratings going down, though. No, but you also have to take things into consideration as well. I mean, is baseball, and I know I sound like Meltzer here making excuses for AEW, but what other things are happening, right? What other things are on TV that night? Um, But no, you're right. They probably don't like it when they go down, but they're probably looking for an aggregate average. They're looking for an average. What did you average over this period of time? Um, So this was, I'm starting to look who reported this. As of this time, sources have revealed that AEW's contractual deal as an extension for four years worth $175 million, or just under $45 million per year. This deal would include an option for TNT to resign AEW in 2024 at a significantly increased price. That is con- considered the latest as of right now. Uh, when was this? So that was the the speculation of what it would be right now. A TV deal, four years, $175 million. Um, Is that a lot of money, though? No, it's a lot of money. But you know what I mean? Like in the grand scheme of things, is that a lot for program well, like that? Let's compare that. So remember. Four years, 175 million. It splits out to 45 million a year. WWE. Let's take a look at that. WWE's current deal with Fox and Comcast are in the range of approximately 470 million per year. Oh, close. So, so they're getting ten. they're getting 470 million per year. AEW is getting 45. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not even. The, the, we're, we're not even talking apples and apples. We're talking apples and dirty underwear. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, it's yeah, they're way off. How much does WWE get paid a year? WWE's current broadcast deal is a five-year deal that expires in October twenty-four. Comcast currently is paying them two hundred sixty-five million per year for WWE Raw, while Fox is paying for SmackDown two hundred five million a year. Yeah, that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of money. They're just getting that from TV. I mean, that's not anything else. That's just TV. It's not house shows, pay-per-views, advertising. Merchandising, nothing. So uh, I don't know what AEW is going to be end up getting. I don't know when they're going to officially announce it, but... They're not going to compete with WWE. That, that's just that's the well, reality. But you think so? Forty-five million. That's less than a million a week. Uh huh. Okay. Production, travel, exactly. everything. What do you think it costs to put off Dynamite? Well, Dynamite and Rampage. It's got to be a lot of money. Yeah, I I don't know. I've never. I have no. Um, understanding of it, but it's got to be a pretty penny, man. Yeah, yeah. Sure? I, I think you got to rent out the arenas. 
stuff like that. You do. That's got to be a boatload because oodles of money alone. Right? And then, you know, you got to pay everybody. You got to travel, everything else. It's it doesn't. There's not much left in the kitty after all that's taken care of. I wouldn't think so. Um, I'm trying to look and to see if I can find. See if I can find out any more information on this. I don't think. No, there isn't any more information. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to get. I mean, Dave Meltzer has has speculated on what he thinks AEW could get in their new TV deal. But what's Meltzer saying? Uh, let me pull this up here. Let's see how much money he's saying. Give me a second here. They probably get like a billion dollars a year for this Tokyo Arena. You're terrible. You realize that? Yeah, I got the name right this week, though. I think it's not even called the Tokyo Arena. Oh, I tried. Um, I just had it and I just lost it. Shoot. Give me a second. Here, let me go back. Yes, boys and girls, we are professionals. Meltzer says TNT is paying $10 million for AEW Rampage. That's $190 million less than SmackDown. $190 million less than Raw. $90 million less than NXT. Wow. What is what their current deal is. Think about that. $190 million. Less, yeah, yeah, but 90 that's, million that's less than the, NXT? That's the current deal, yeah, but still, yeah, that's yeah. a lot, yeah. It's gonna be, a, I mean, they're gonna get something, but it's still gonna be tough sledding. They're gonna have to, I think, what they're gonna end up having to do is they're gonna have to really start to cut, cut costs. They're going to have to really start to maybe batten down the hatches a little bit and, and do a little bit better with what they're doing. Um, here we go. There is speculation about potentially streaming platforms such as Discovery Plus or HBO Max hosting AEW pay-per-views. Furthermore, uh, the deal could include limited domestic rights to expand to a global audience remains to be determined. Now, AEW currently generates $2.5 million per show for its five annual pay-per-view events, including a joint venture with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Should AEW transition to a streaming service, Meltzer suggests that a minimum guarantee of $15 million for per pay-per-view would be necessary uh, to account for the company's growth. Now, when you take all these things into consideration, considering the prices uh, for such things, UFC is at $80, obviously, for a, a pay-per-view event. Boxing's at 85 um, a move to $60 per event seems inevitable. So if you are buying AEW pay-per-views, it looks like traditionally, uh, or through fight or whoever, it looks like it would be going up to 60 bucks. Um, however, AEW has maintained a steady price structure thus far. Um, Melter estimates that domestic pay-per-views could be valued at $3.5 million per event as well with WMD. Obviously, no further details have been released as far as what the final numbers are going to be. Would I mind if they went streaming? Not at all. I have HBO Max, so... Probably won't be available up here for us, but no. No, too much snow. It was a beautiful sunny day today. It was 22. 
22. But see, you, you do things in Celsius. We do Fahrenheit. So what do I have to do to get to yours? It's about 75, 80 degrees today. Okay, that's perfect then. That's about what we had. Beautiful day. No snow. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, anything else is wetting your whistle right now. We talked about Impact Wrestling. Uh, we talked about WWE. We talked about AEW. Anything else that you're thinking of right now? Uh, no, not really. I think that covers uh, covers everything for tonight. I think it does. I think we can put a bow tie on this. Indeed. All right, my friend. It is so good to uh, to hear you. Uh, and a- anything else that you would like to talk about? I know you were mentioning your uh, your potentially got some new options on the horizon here. So uh, yeah, I was contacted by a store uh, in North Carolina, of all that? places, uh, yeah. asking me about making some toys for them. I'm going to look into that this weekend, make some up and see if we can come to an agreement. Uh, there's a little bit of stuff to look into with that, shipping across borders and all that good stuff. So if that needs to be explored. And that's about it. So how, can people, how can people get a hold of you uh, if they would like to contact you about toys, about woodworking, about anything like that? Yeah, so uh, you can get me on Twitter at gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F 2291. Or I have a little Facebook page, uh, CB79 Wooden Toy Maker. Reach out to me if you've got questions or if you want to learn how to make something, you want me to try to help you make something or make it for you. Can't guarantee I can do it, but I'll, I'll give it a try. I think, you know what, my friend, I think you can definitely do it. Thanks, Mike. It has been fun. We are so grateful that you continue to listen to our podcast. We're having great downloads again this month as well. Please continue to tell your friends about our podcast. Once again, it's available anywhere fine podcasts are made available, which is iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You name it, we are there. Again, we're also on social media. You can find me at the T-A-G-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. And the Butster is at GotNoof. Two two. Fill in the rest. Nine one. Nine one. Got Noof two two nine one. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your questions. Uh, what you think about the show? Love to hear your thoughts on today's topics as well. What do you think the AEW TV deal is going to look like? Do you think ultimately AEW is going to end up moving to streaming? I think that would be a very curious situation. What do you think is the biggest reason why AEW has not really grown? or shown signs of growth? Is it a lack of pushing younger talent? Is the fact that what we talked about tonight is they just keep showing the same people? Are you kind of bored and tired with that? Is it the lack of creative? Do you think maybe somebody else should be part of creative? What exactly is it that's preventing a company that has absolutely oodles of talent, but not really registering with the wrestling fans? Let us know what you're thinking about Monday Night Raw. Obviously, it was a okay show. Uh, looks like Cody Rhodes is going to be setting up a feud with Dominic Mysterio, which is going to be taking place at Money at the Bank. There is still speculation on what Cody's role is going to be at SummerSlam, but we'll find that out soon. Seth Rollins is really proving to be the right man for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's excellent to see that. 
And uh, Rhea Ripley is going to be, in my opinion, the new face of women's WWE. She is going to become, in my opinion, the female version of Roman Reigns. I think she's going to have that belt for a very, very long time, and rightfully so. Well, I think she's going to have it for a while. I think she's definitely going to hold on to it. She's good. She's damn good. So she she deserves it. But she definitely does. Roman Reigns. That's that's a that's a big call. What happens if they joined forces and like she became, you know, she joined the whatever and she left? I don't know. What's her group called? Judgment Day. Judgment Day. She leaves Judgment Day and becomes the boo of uh, Roman Reigns. I don't know. Well, they're going to implode soon anyway, Judgment Day. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to have to, um, to to make room for people to kind of branch out and do their own thing. Eventually, Ray's going to want to do his own thing. Damian Priest is going to do his own thing. Rhea doesn't need a group anymore. So be interesting. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.